Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. What's happening? What, what's happening, weirdos? Uh, this is a wonderful episode with my good friend Julian Julian McCullough. Oh, I had a good roast joke, Katie, about Julian one time. Do I say it on this episode? He roasted me on my. Th- he was one of the people that roasted me on my thirtieth birthday, and I said, uh, uh, <laughs> "I don't know who Julian McCullough is, but I'm sure she's hilarious." Yeah, you did. Say that. <laughs> I did. That's in the episode. Well, that's the first time I've, you'll hear me say something that I think I've said before on the show. Twice in one show. Uh, anyway, You Made a Movies is a, is the new thing that I'm quite excited about. It's uh, If you've ever wanted to watch a movie with me and another guest, uh, you can do that now, kind of, on iTunes, in that uh, me and Paul F. Tompkins watch There Will Be Blood. Me and John Mulaney watch The Assassination of Jesse James. Me and Joe DeRosa watch Glengarry Glen Ross. That'll be out soon. Um, so you watch the movie and you play the podcast, Double Media and enjoy. People have been liking it so far, and that really blows my hair back. I'm very excited because we, we wanted to try something new, and when people say that they enjoyed it, it means a lot. So I hope you like it, and uh, we enjoy... What am I doing? We enjoyed making them, so I really... Just too sincere. It's off-putting. Anyway, here are the... <coughs> oh, Jesus. Here are the tour dates. February 1 and 2, that's coming up. I'm going to be in San Francisco uh, doing a live You Made It Weird on February 2nd at Cobb's Comedy Club. I hope to see lots and lots of weirdos there. Also, I'm going to be in Madison, Wisconsin, February 21 through 23. Going to bring Chris there with me. 500 weeks. And March 9th, going to be in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's March 9th for Gilda's Laugh Fest. Uh, the sponsor is Amazon. You know how to do it. Click on the Amazon banner and shop like you normally would through the Nerdist site, through this episode, and uh, we get a portion of those proceeds, which is great. Because Katie, something any, is anything really wrong? Yeah. Well, Katie, <laughs> really? Katie's gotten 12 parking tickets this year because they changed the signs on her street. So a couple things you can do. You can uh, shop through Amazon or go to youmadeitweird.com and click on Donate if you're feeling nasty. Okay, that's it. I mean, you can leave this part in. I kind of like these candid moments. Enjoy enjoy Julian McCullough. <laughs> you would have done that anyway. <laughs> Oh man, I'm tired. Why are you so tired? You look like um I'm haggard. You look like teenage Pete Holmes. <laughs> like you just came down for breakfast and you already hate your parents and they haven't even said anything to you and they've only made you bacon and you're angry. Yeah, I'm a little grumpy. What is it? Um you know, I'd love to talk to you about this because I know you know what this is like. It's it's coming down to the wire to hear about the pilot, and it's kind of uh-huh. it's it's really it's messing with my life. What is the wire? Um, you know who can say? Right, <laughs> right, because there's never a wire. Uh, apparently, in the contract, uh, we're supposed to hear around now. I mean, okay. uh, within like a week. I believe. Well, you know, I. I think it would be, you would be an exciting injection into the late night lineup. Oh. <laughs> well, thank I think, you. Yeah, I appreciate that. But uh, that—that's what's happening. I, I've been going to bed. Uh, it's like, crazy. It's crazy. It's well, that's crazy. It's but nuts. what's crazy is that you know you. St- I just meant waiting. Certain um, is crazy. Yeah, waiting is crazy. Waiting is not why we got into this business. We didn't want to wait. Yeah, we love instant. Gra- that's so interesting. Um, and it then is- you get into television, and it's like this mm-hmm. is. It's like a cruel joke because nothing. There's no. I don't think there is another industry. And keep in mind, I know nothing of other industries, <laughs> but I don't think there is another industry 
I always go to architects. Where deadlines are just kind of constantly moved and talked about as general abstractions and yeah. have nothing to do with also the merit. Ex- Did you just say extraction? The extra- I think I'm about to say extraction. And I'm I might have if said I got abstraction. Abstraction. If only, if only we were recording. We are recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. You are in trouble. <laughs> but anyway, I can I just I finish the that. nice thing I was going to say? Are yeah. we allowed to touch you, you in this podcast? You may, yeah, there's a lot okay. of touching. I feel like you didn't cover your arms for a reason. Do you um, mean because I'm open to touch? Yes. I just got a long to... massage. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what this is? <laughs> I'm also uh, res- uh, yeah relaxed because of that. No, I'm trying to help. I, I have all these stress crick. I, I'm not going to Are you in trouble? Uh, so, <laughs> no, it's crazy that, you know, we all, we all, we're all about the same age and we all come up together in a, in a way. And, in a weird, and it's and just way. weird that, you know, it's great and weird that, you know, Pete Holmes is like, yeah. might have a late night talk. It's weird when like your age, like that's, it's your, oh, I see. it's your guys's turn. Yeah. You know no, what I, I mean? understand. It's I crazy because we just spend our whole careers looking up to people and thinking it's all <clears throat> impossible. And then, and then it is. Well, and that's why we always talk about. Uh, <laughs> well, we talk about it. In, well, what's weird is when this airs, uh, maybe I will know. Right. Maybe right. the this intro will be the saddest or happiest. Uh, well, you know, it's all building up. And you've done this. I know you've done this. Yeah. With uh, your own pilots and mm-hmm. stuff. And you build up, uh, you know, you have optimism, but then you also have, like, uh, an emergency plan. You're like, if it, you, you kind of plan emo- for the worst. You mean, like, an emotional an emergency, emotional plan. emergency plan. Yeah. Yeah. Most, yeah. Of, most of my planning is done going, like, if it doesn't go, then I need to own X, Y, and Z. Like, I need right. to remember X, Y, and Z. That, right. these, that this is how this goes and all that sort of stuff. And then you're like, I really Gratitude. Go. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. An alcoholic. Right. No, not really. You're an alcoholic. Well, no, I'm definitely an alcoholic. <laughs> but what I mean is I'm not saying that because I'm still going to meetings every day and hearing the word gratitude in my... In You're my not life. going to meetings every no, day. No, I haven't been to a meeting in a couple... Uh, it's probably been a couple of years now. You're, I went I went every day that, for two years. Did you really? Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. It's hard to do anything. And then, I, and then I licked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, the weird thing is won. people at home, people at home, a lot of them don't know that why that's a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. It's a joke. You're supposed to go. F- you're supposed to go for the rest of your for life the rest of because your life. you can't lick it. It's like uh, you know. You can't. Yeah, it's an incurable disease. Right. 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 And the only thing you can do is uh, continue to treat it. And they, what they sell you is, while you're treating it, your life can get better than people that don't even have a disease. Because if you're treating it, you can become stronger than like. B- because a- you're than improving anything. other things while you're attacking the alcoholism. Um. I'm not sure why. It just that's just what they sell you. They I sell really, you that Yeah. You but know, the, you can you, be a better person. You say sell, but they're not selling. It's a free thing to go. Right, 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 right. Well I just want to be clear, do you have any? There's a manifesto, and I feel like when there's a manifesto, there's some p- part of but no, they don't sell you know, I will you, say this. Let are you this. a little uh burnt towards them? No. I have no actually zero grudge or anything. I was just with, making sure. Yeah, no, no. I think it's actually uh as close to a uh it's a lot. It's like a lot of things, you know, where where the people screw shit up. It's not the right, it's sure. not the thing itself. I think the program itself is pretty much perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know your experience is different depending on who you engage right. while you're while been, you're doing it. I've been you know, to like religion or anything. Alan, no. yeah. Well, that's a great Bono quote, isn't it? What is it? <laughs> where he goes, religion is the temple after Jesus leaves. So AA AA is you know I gotta go. I got one. Is the abandoned Gandhi said. Uh, they asked him, "What do you I think? What do you one? think of Christians?" And yeah. he said, uh, "Oh, they sound fantastic. I'd love to meet one one day." That's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. 
we jumped right into God. Right? Did you have a higher power when you did the AA? What was I tried what, so hard, and I, was I feel like I got it. Well, they want you to visualize something, which I think is so strange. And yeah, they were like, you can visualize your mother's hands. Or, yeah. or uh, <laughs> Paul McCartney was my... But uh, <laughs> my mother looks like my mother's hands. Uh, I don't know why I said it with that accent. Oh, I see. Yeah. Wow, I missed uh, that completely. Maybe because I didn't do it. I like what you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, uh, you and I—you may have uh, invited the person on your show that has a laugh most similar to your own. How come I've never noticed that? Before? I don't know. We just both have very. Because why would you? It's like because when we're around, because when I two Hasidic Jews like Hannibal's bit see each other, they don't go like nice they don't hat. Ha- <laughs> That's Hannibal's bit. They just go like yeah, hat. yeah, yeah. And yeah I hear hat. that and I go laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah, people always talk about your laugh, and I'm like, I, I don't get it. But uh, <laughs> no, so you visualized what your mother's hands? Oh no, no, no. You're, I actually, uh, you know, it's funny. They never I tell you not to way, talk about it. Isn't yeah. that weird? You would think they would be like, don't talk, don't talk about Chelsea it. Chelsea tells care. me not to say that I go to Al-Anon because then I become potentially a spokesperson for Al-Anon. So then, if I start behaving very Al-Anon-y, yeah. bad, right? Uh, then they go, oh, it doesn't work. Pete, right? Uh, Pete goes and it doesn't work. Well, I've been to. Well, it's like a bad comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? People, if they've never been to a comedy show yes. and they go to a bad one, they're like, comedy sucks. Right. Not right. those guys. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's exactly. And then they right. never go to another because a, a bad comedy show is so painful yes. to watch. Yes. That it's traumatic. I feel like a lot of people tried stand up, going to see stand up. Once, yeah, and it was awful, it's and the funny. pain stuck with them for years, and they'll never go back. I was just thinking about that on the ride over. Where, but I'm certainly not a spokesman for AA, and you're not supposed to talk about it. And I haven't been in it for two years, so we're, we're, like, we're going. We're going to go back to that. There's, yeah, I'm not going to forget that. But That's there's fine. a chance I'm going to forget what I'm about to say. I don't okay. hear what you think. Ty Glass, I believe, makes that point. Um, I think it's in the improv get ready to see a show video. Uh-huh. He's like, people don't just go to see – I don't know if it's in that video. And I don't know if it's Todd Glass. But people make points <laughs> – people make points like this. I just don't want to put Todd on the line here. Right, right, right. People make the point that, like, you wouldn't go and see a music show. Right. You'd go and see a, a band person. that you like. Right. And that's what we're trying to do with comedy. But the problem is – and this is what I thought on the – By the way, over. I feel like that, that quote is unattributable. I think yeah, it's everybody kind of stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe Todd would like it to be him. Be yeah, a, let's give it to a, Todd. Okay, it's great. Todd Glass I like Todd. started that. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He's a legend. Maybe he, he's been around maybe long enough for that to be his. Came out on this show that that is his quote. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge scoop. Yeah, huge scoop. Uh, no, but the thing is, is when we're starting, mm-hmm. our bread and butter is people that just go to comedy shows. Nobody gives a fuck about Julian McCullough when, right. when you're two years in. Right. So we want – it's funny. We're biting the hand that brought us up. We're going like – you idiots don't just go to a show, but those were our audiences oh, I'm for 10 not years. I'm saying you idiots oh, don't not... just go to a show. It's the nature of – it's our fault. What do you mean? It's it's our fault for choosing a medium where that has to be the case. At the that beginning. People, yeah, that people would just go to it. Go to it. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a populist art form and it's like uh, – you know, the whole point is you're supposed to be able to relate to comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a fun – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there's no – the problem with comedy is that it's so narrow. It's like it's like people go there to laugh, mm-hmm. and music. There's no like mm-hmm. boxed response to it. There's a lot of boxes you can tick. Right. I got the tingles. This yeah, made what me if think you, of my dad. Music. I'm what if, crying. I'm laughing. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. 
I'm here with you. I'm, well, so, I'm playing support. I'm well, on the bass right now. Uh, <laughs> but I just kind of uh, bass soloed, so it, kinda, yeah, yeah. it was, like, it was like confusing. Like I'm supposed to be supporting Really, you. Les Claypool. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the support, Les. Uh, uh, they they didn't let him into Metallica. Uh, who was Les Claypool? Primus. Ah. And he auditioned for Metallica after and their they... bassist died in a bus accident. And he came in and did what he does. And they were like, we're a band and ah. you're a dude. <laughs> um, so, And that's they, when they went with their main guy who's on all the uh, Yeah, with albums. the hair. He shaves the sides of his head. But and... then, then he left. Did and, he? And now they have, uh, I believe he's Native American or Latino or something. Wow. I mean, I'm sorry that that's point, all I know about him. It's like, he's I awesome. probably... It's be hard for me to think of a topic I could care less about than Metallica? Metallica now. Oh, they're so good. I bet they are. I saw them. I bet they are. I just don't... You know what I mean? I understand. Nobody... All right. Well, I'd like to get into that later. No, follow the... I like getting into music. Follow the rainbow. No, go go to what you were going to say. Well, we're I feel like about... if I'm a listener, I get annoyed when people just keep moving on. Yeah, uh, no, that's what we do. Yeah, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Your listeners are just home, like Ugh. I don't think so. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, oh, no. I'm, I'm trying to let you them off the hook. Back. Trying to let you off the hook. Uh, let us, what were let we talking both about? Off the we're talking about comedy, live music. Bite, oh, right. So the hand. That the reason it. you don't just go to a music show is because the bands can do, can create whatever atmosphere they want with their music, and it can be anything from oh, death metal right. to Kesha. That's a very good. point. So you don't just go because what if you want Kesha right. and you get death metal? Right, right, right. But comedy is supposed to be like. Well, we're all going to laugh no matter what. So Whatever it's it is, safe to go. I'll laugh. Right. That, and yeah. so we chose that because we wanted to. But then uh, you have your hard rock kind of acts. You guys, uh, you got your Stan Hopes. That's going to oh, turn yeah. a lot of. What I, people and then off. eventually, hopefully, you get to the point where people know what to expect and they go see you. And then Absolutely. you're given a green light artistically to kind of do whatever you want. Sure. At that point. Absolutely. In fact, I was just thinking about this again today. That's what this podcast is. What was I thinking about this morning with a guest? Okay. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm making fun of myself. Uh, but I, uh, oh, Jesus, don't let me lose the thought. I was thinking about that if I went to an open mic now uh-huh. and went up and tried to do the thing that I do, uh, whatever it is that I do, uh-huh. I don't know how well it would work. I don't think it would work in a notebook. Well, what are you doing right now? You mean as on a stand on stage? What, how would you describe? Uh, a lot of it has to do. Uh, uh, look, this matters a lot to me right now. Actually, this, I'm curious what you're what you're doing. Tell me why. Because uh, I, you know, I came out to L.A. about. I was in New York for six years or whatever. Yeah, as were you. Yep, I was there with you. And um, and you came out here first. And I stayed there, and I, I got really comfortable. I was I was warming up for Colbert every day. I was doing three shows a night at clubs, and I got really tight, and I got real tight good, not tight, like, you know, up tight. Yeah. And I got, uh, you know, it's like New York was, uh, I was able to perform wherever I wanted and kind of whenever I wanted, and it was great, you know? And then I came out here and just kind of was adrift i'm sure this is a very common problem but uh the problem with la is that it's so isolating that you know everybody else is isolated but you can't even commiserate about it because you're isolated until you're not i'm with you though i'm with you when i first started coming to la it was bad yeah it would like roll three o'clock you'd have one meeting or something yeah 
At, or you'd have one show And it was night. meaningless, by the way. Um, um, it was meaningless. It was meaningless. You'd go into some stupid meeting, which, like, a lot of the meetings when you, when, like, a little showbiz talk here, I think your agents and your managers send you out on meeting, uh, meetings at the beginning just to teach you how to take meetings. Yeah, how to park in the lot. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. love that you said that. Yeah. That you need to know how to read a studio map. Right. And, like, it's get incredible. to so many different nooks and crannies how to find. How depressing is it when you find out how many people were above the person that you met with oh i've never had that happen you've never had that happen oh Where you mean like just conversationally they'll you, like you'll hear you'll hear somebody be like oh who'd you meet with don oh don's great don actually uh i was talking to barb who's actually head uh, of don's uh, department uh, and then you're like oh i gotta get with barb and then you meet with barb and then you're like oh you met with barb i was just talking to gavin who's actually the, <laughs> the head, head of, of barb's, barb's department. department and you're like when is the end yeah and it's uh ray romano <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of the line is what he's in a meeting with the yeah. guy and we don't, we still don't know who the guy is. Yeah, I. It's so funny that you bring that up. The terror of L.A. Yeah, I'd love to talk about. It that. super affected my writing. I stopped writing. I did not write. I Why did not know write? because I didn't know happened. who I was. I got out here and I was like, it was literally uh, like being in a boat with no oar. I was like. My mm-hmm. and you know I was just you're like, powerless. Yeah, I have no idea where. I guess I'll kind of. It felt like if I started paddling, that mm-hmm. it wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just didn't know how I felt That's about a terrible anything. Terrible feeling. I just I was so disconnected from myself. It was terrible. Can I float this by you? Yeah. I only recently started writing new jokes, and it's been a year and a half, and it's terrifying to lose that amount of time. Wow. I mean, not at all. No, I'm just saying, like, anything that I actually think lost, might be good. Like, Radiohead doesn't want to leave, uh, where, are they, where are they, Oxford or something? I don't know, Cam- uh, Cambridge? Something like that. Something really... British. Like, sweater vesty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something real Argyle. I think they're from Argyle, England. Tom York. <laughs> that is very funny. <laughs> He's currently in a pub that's something and the something. Let's just say that. Sure. Like the bird and the baby. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Right. So, which is a real bump. And uh, he's drinking it. Uh, anyway, so they don't want to leave wherever it is they are because they're afraid of losing their mojo. So this is like an artistic Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I came to LA, and it sounds like it also happened with you, you lose your mojo. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I have no confidence. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, New York gives you a, a, a powerful feeling once you figure it out. Once you figure That's it out, That's that yeah. pride of people being in New York. You're like, right. I took the two train. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Not to make a happy, like, hacky reference, but you're that bush that grows up in the divider on the yeah, on the highway. You're like, you're like, I could make, there's no soil. And yeah. look at me. Yeah. Huh? Just that you made it to the show, but you can get to the show. There's public transportation, mm-hmm. and you make it, and you get to the show, and you know how to get to your shows, and you know where the yeah, shows are. Yeah, you, you just it's feel a powerful like, it's hard thing. to explain. You feel like a jungle cat in a jungle. Yeah, you know? perfect. I also used to uh, like in living in New York. Or to a be- monkey. In the jungle? Mm-hmm. Any of the jungle beasts. Any of the jungle beasts. <laughs> <laughs> Why you stopped yourself to mention another jungle beast? Because it was a joke like, we're just monkeys, not jungle cats, because oh. we're like dorks. <laughs> Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Not cool. Right. Not one of the cooler ones. Not right, exactly. Uh, but I. But living in Manhattan... <laughs> like, face it, comedians are not the panthers of the jungle in well, New York. We are the... That's uh, true. We're, we're the toucans. We're the toucans. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason we survive is because we have no predators. Yeah. Like, no one... Nothing wants to eat old toucan. Nothing toucans. wants to eat toucan. Come it's on. mostly beak. <laughs> I'm mostly beak. Every, that's like when everybody starts doing stand-up, they all do the same topic. Every toucan opening. Yeah. Do, do, yeah. Now, now I'm a toucan doing stand-up. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I'm mostly beak. <laughs> the only reason I'm here is because I'm mostly beak. Uh, Look at this guy. He's all fleshy. Go for him. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, Manhattan is like being a rich person, even if you're not rich, because you have a chauffeur. Right. The subway. So you sit on the subway and you write and your mind can sure. drift. You have that creative time. Yeah. I would argue that in LA you do have you have car time. I, that's why I like listen, listening car to time. But in, the instrumental same, music and stuff. Enough cannot be said about the immediacy of humanity in New York yep. versus, uh, you know, like when you walk down the street, it's full of people. <clears throat> yep. If you walk anywhere in LA, you're alone. Yeah, that's true. That's, and uh, who was it? Uh, Tolstoy, I believe, used to write in the public squares and stuff. I'll be able to confirm this because I know everything Tolstoy ever said. I believe you. No. Don't hurt no. me this way. Okay. Because he said the faces uh, – I'm getting this from a movie. The face <laughs> – or Seinfeld or something. Tolstoy said in a movie. The faces inspired him, right? Mm-hmm. So that's okay. true. When you're in New York – You see faces. That's why – You smell faces. <laughs> <laughs> With your huge toucan beak. Yeah. You smell some faces. Yeah. No, humanity is really kicked into your face. Right. Then I got to L.A. and I remember uh, I'd have an audition – uh-huh. Let's say right, and you'd go and and even auditioning How'd in New York, very funny, <laughs> very funny. I don't know why you made me. This is doubtfire, but that really your just, tits are on fire. I get oh, hello, <laughs> they're out. Uh, uh, oh, 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 oh. I, I assume that was yours. Hobbit, Hobbit Williams. Yeah, Hobbit Williams. Her. Yeah, I, maybe you already like completely came out as that guy or whatever. But no, I don't it's, know. it's me and a couple other people oh, at the password. So I'll say it's ninety nine percent me. Yeah, no one else will do it. I'm like, yeah, right. I gave it to Chris there, and so he's funny. like, I haven't seen the movies. I was like, come that's on. what he. Yeah. You don't need to. Yeah, just come on. <laughs> <laughs> so it might die. Okay. Mm. Anyway, so I I do an audition. <clears throat> And then uh, even auditioning, what I was going to say in New York was more social. You get there, you'd I'd run into you. Yeah, I'd run into other people. You, you knew. always Baron Vaughn, no matter what. <laughs> no matter what the audition was for, it could be for a white supremacist, and it would be me, you, Baron Vaughn, Baron Vaughn, and he'd nail it. Yeah, and they'd come out and they'd be like Baron. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm a beatboxing white supremacist. Oh, God. Aren't they all? Aren't they? So then, okay, that would be nice and social. In L.A., it was always like, it's a new town, and there's so many people. You don't know. There's so many people that just come here, literally, that stereotype of on a bus. Yeah. So you're at an audition with people that are shitting their pants. They've never been on an audition before. You're in a place you've never been before. Parking. All that sort of stuff. I used to have these panic attacks looking for parking. Not real ones, but like mini for me. And then, like, I remember... Because I talk about everything, mm-hmm. I'd be waiting for the for the audition, and I'd be like, "Everybody's so isolated here. Have you noticed this? I'll be grocery shopping, and I'll turn down an aisle, and if there's someone else in the aisle, I would go into a different aisle. Yeah, like if it was slow, right? Like because you just wanted to keep packing yourself in snow. Yeah, out and there. in Manhattan, in, in a grocery store, first of all, they don't exist. Right? You do. It's a bodega, but like there will be like a family like living. <laughs> yeah, in aisle six, they'll put one of their children in the front part of your little. Yeah, and they go, "What do you need?" And then the little kid runs and gets it off the shelf and brings it back to you. <laughs> this is a fictional world Thank that we've you, created, P- but I like it. Pipe, and then they Pipe. sell you two, two Lucy cigarettes, and you're yeah. on your way. Yep, yeah, and you're on your way. So I, I understand that. So you took a year and a half off. I didn't take off. I was doing. No, shows. no, no. I didn't mean that. I just meant you didn't feel inspired for a year. I didn't feel half. inspired. I would come and you know, it's like it was just all these like uh, unfinished ideas on stage because I didn't. I had this weird, uh, and I still have a little, a little bit, but this weird, uh, what's like, oh, a complex where like. Um, I was being judged afresh by L.A. comedians while I was on stage. Yep. But for some reason, and this is impossible, 
they all knew my material, hmm. so they knew if I was doing old material. Hmm. We don't know. We maybe know five people's material in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not paying attention all the time. No. Especially if they're I, from another town. Sure. And so it was all in my head, and I basically yeah. just created this like oh, that's cage, this creative like prison that I was like, I can't do anything old. Yep. So then I would go up and have good sets or bad sets, depending on if I was good in, in the moment. Yes. Well, that, isn't that interesting? Stand-up is so dependent on whether or not you are in the moment and in the feeling, sort of. Yeah. Like. If you're, we, I was just talking to somebody about this. I think it was Greg Fitzsimmons. Where if you're off stage and you're thinking like, what do I open with? You're, you're kind of fucked. You're done. You're fucked. Yeah. It's not about that. This is the hardest thing. This is what some of the best stand-up advice I've heard, or, or I don't know where it came from, but it was just this idea. Like, it's not about the words. No. You know what I mean? It is, Ooh. but it isn't. Best quote ever is isn't Woody it? Allen. You, uh, know, you know Woody Allen, I know right? Woody. Me and Wood? Um, he said, remember, you I are- don't, I don't know Woody Allen. You are not- uh, so I'm paraphrasing. Maybe you can look this up, Katie. But it's basically- It was on Woody <laughs> Allen on comedy. Putting Katie to work. Yeah. Do we do that here? <laughs> you, can, you can do that. People, love, people love any Katie She's just checking her- uh, No, he said something about like your material- does not own you. You own your material. So uh, you don't go up there and try to serve your material. Yes. That is not the idea. Right. The idea is that you're up there yes. first and your material works for you. You don't yeah. work for your material. That's great. There's the... Uh, you t- yourself, not your material. What is mm, it? That's not it. There's a, there's a Talib... That was a bust. It's all right. There's just a- <laughs> I love you, Katie. <laughs> there's actually a Talib Kweli song, if I may. Okay. Where he says, we don't live for hip-hop, hip-hop lives for us. Mm. And whenever I sing along to it, as I often do, right. I say stand-up sometimes. Ah! I, 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 it's an embarrassing thing. but That I, is I very embarrassing. I don't care. Uh, because that's how I feel. Yeah. The the material is the uh, turkey baster that's supposed to take the au jus that is me out of the, uh, yes. out of the bird. I feel, and I got to say this, keeping in that uh, vein, I feel violated by my own material when I look back on it because at the time it felt so fresh and like I was saying something that like resonated and that was like me. <clears throat> yeah. And then sometimes like I'm re- I'm releasing my my album very soon, but it's all from it's my first hour of material basically. Mm-hmm. And I know objectively that it's good. Mm-hmm. But when I I I just can't care. I, it's so funny that you I that. can't care, and I yeah. feel like it's not even me who wrote that, those jokes. But and this is the craziest <clears throat> part: if you listen to it, you're not like, "Wow, this guy's really uh, letting it all out." This guy's really. It's like uh, it's it not about? even that deep, but for some reason, it's I feel effective. like it was when it happened. Oh, and then uh, when I look back on it, because it was not, compared to what you were doing before that. Before that, you were like Jiffy. It's peanut butter. It's not fast. Was I doing that? No, I'm just saying we're all doing. Oh, we're thought, all doing. I that was like a pointed. We're all doing. <laughs> I, I'm mostly beak. Yeah, and we go through our I'm right. mostly beak years, and then you start doing what will become your first hour. And compared to your I'm mostly beak, your your obvious shit years. Yeah. Uh, then it probably was profound at the right. time, comparatively. Yeah, and it and just sucks that do. when you go back and listen to it, you're like, this isn't profound. It just it's uh, disappointing. It's weird that you say yeah. that because I'm editing my hour currently and I'm watching it and I, I find it's hard. Like, Even though with wonder is your first one, right? Yeah, is that your first? Would you consider that your first hour? Uh huh. And is there any of that that you don't like not, anymore? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, and and that's I feel you know I think that might also be. Uh, <laughs> That might at the at the bottom at the very like bedrock of our friendship. Yes, whatever our friendship is. Why do you uh, say that? 
comes well, because like we're both so because no comics hang out beyond yeah. like once a, a, every. That's whatever. why we have podcasts. I know, uh, <laughs> but like that's that is my beef. That's not a beef with you. Tell me that um, you are someone who I feel truly like loves yourself and and like likes what you're doing. Yeah. And so when you when someone when you want something, you can just go for it because I'm Pete Holmes and and I deserve this thing. And I think a lot of com I'm not alone. A lot of comics don't have that attitude about themselves. Yeah. And it's uh incredibly powerful and it's uh what the most successful comedians have. It's interesting. I was just I had therapy this morning, partly mm-hmm. why I'm tired. And uh we were talking about that specifically. That's where you get some real pain is having an ego like mine. Right. It's because you have this standard and you're like, this should be an 11 and it, it's an 8 or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or just like bit by bit. Some of them are 10s. Some of them are 8s. Maybe a 7 or 2. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but it, it's hard. Inside all of this is is a guy that really wants to be liked. That's what developed right. this. You know, that's what, what – uh, that meant a lot to me. I, I, I The first time I listened to your podcast was uh, the, the first Chelsea episode, mm-hmm. Katie informed me. It was like second or third episode, I think. Yeah. And I had such a nice – I'd never listened to a podcast in my life. Like, we'd known about them forever. Yep, me too. They were out there. They are around. And uh, I just never listened to one, and I certainly never listened to a whole one. <laughs> and I listened to that whole one. It was great. Oh, wow. It was really great. And it, the reason it was great was because you were saying things like, um, what the hell did you just say? Uh, the inside, behind the confidence is a, is a little child. Oh, no, that you admitted yeah. how badly you wanted to be liked. Yeah, yeah. I'd never heard anybody say that before. Oh, really? In our business... In a way, in a place where other people, like a lot of people, could hear it, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that was actually pretty." Yeah, you know, like my wife to this day gets angry at me for being motivated when, when she can tell I'm being motivated by that. But it's our dysfunction, but it's also a wonderful thing. Uh, yeah, that hooks us into our work. Sure, I mean, they're they're yes. Uh, she doesn't always get angry, but sometimes no, no, you know, no, no, she realizes it's an issue. That's and it is an issue. Necessarily, it's not like healthy. Uh, I, I, I tweeted to Marin today. I made a joke. I was like, let's do some affirmations together. It doesn't matter the, the, the ratings. What's important is I would download my podcast. Okay? Uh-huh. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's weird is this morning I felt really unconfident, very, very shook, uh, and very, very uh, in need of someone to tell me that I was good uh, quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not necessarily proud of that. I do try and get better at self-generating yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But uh, that, that self-love – it's funny um, – that that is your beef, I guess, or your non-beef. Well, yeah, it's I just can like that would be off-putting. Yeah, no, not at the, <clears throat> it's off-putting. It's just like when you know we all harbor uh, resentments for everyone for whatever reason, and, yeah. and that's mine with you. I love is it. that you uh, are so fine with being Pete Holmes? It's really uh, irritating. Uh, I I really want to find the right way to talk <laughs> about that. No, no, I you know what's funny yeah. is I as I agree. Um, so there's that guy. And then last night, so I spent my whole day editing the hour and I just couldn't stand my face, my voice, yeah. my body. See, my that would jokes. take me. I wouldn't have, I would have canceled on me today if I, had uh, I, I had a very hard time doing anything else. It took mm. all day. And unfortunately I had to cancel because that's of a, time that's a spiral, but uh, I got home and did nothing. I couldn't do anything. And mm. I was very, very, very angry that I was me. And I actually went to bed again uh, because of the stress of the pilot or whatever, the hour, I don't know. I went to bed at like 10 
10 mm-hmm. p.m. Yeah. Just because I was like, I can't take being this guy anymore. Right. And as I was falling asleep, as people who listen to this show know, sometimes I pretend I'm a sniper because it's cozy and you're up high and armed. Uh, <laughs> and even as I did that little trope, the other one that I do is I pretend I'm the best basketball player in the world. I don't know why. Oh, I do baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I picture swinging the perfect like having the perfect swing yes. and just watching the ball sail over the wall over oh. and over and over. That's so great. Perfect arc. Isn't that weird? It is weird. I don't see you or like it's sports. the opposite of weird because we both do it. I know. Well, yeah. I guess that is – I think that's one of the points of this show, honestly. Is that and conversation weirdness like is the opposite of weird? Yeah, basically. Yeah. As Mulaney uh, said, can we stop pretending our, our idiosyncrasies are so disturbing or weird? They're wonderful and they're fun yeah. to share. Uh, but I, th- I just think it's funny. I don't give a shit about basketball. Hey, what do we do about parking tickets? Send them to your business manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, actually. I'll just pay my parking ticket. How much is it out here? Do you know? Oh, you you should have, have parked know. in the back. I didn't. Uh, yeah, can I give you my credit card? <laughs> Whoa. Really? 58. That's, yeah. It's, oh, the black Honda Fit. It's not mine. <laughs> it's really not. Are we recording still? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. The black Honda Fit. Yeah. It's not mine. It's. it's <laughs> <laughs> that's how they, that's, that's how they sell it to you. Just tell people it's not yours. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> or like, or like, uh, what, what if? Uh, I mean, it's one of the oldest tropes in the world, but the f- honest advertising is such yeah. a funny thing to me. And oh, it's like, yeah. it means that's a gr- another great one for car would be like the Subaru Outback. I know. Uh, <laughs> I used to do the Nissan Murano. Still got it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. That yeah, was my. That was my really go-to. funny. I want to say on this uncomfortable topic though i'd love to yeah. i'd love to just merge out of it but as so i go to bed at 10 and i'm pretending i'm the best basketball player in the world for some reason it's <laughs> what all, team are you on uh it doesn't matter yeah i don't know the montana homes the, uh, you the know Holmeses? it's often not me right that's, that's weird like i'll be like it's an avatar i'll be a tall black guy like okay. it'll have nothing to do with really me sometimes it's me and then that confuses it yeah because my brain goes You're like i know my body do can't do yeah, this yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'll just be and his move, whoever this guy is, is he always bounces it on the ground. Uh-huh. And then when it's at its peak, he yes, jumps, jumps up, up and dunks it. Grabs it like he, I know, and then shoots. Oh, yeah. what? It doesn't make that any sense. That is so weird. He bounces it, jumps, gets it at its peak. And per, and also my other fantasy is I'm in a three-point contest. Uh, you know, and they got the row of basketballs. Yeah. And I'm so good that I shoot two at a time. I, I palm two balls, and while the first one's arcing, I throw the oh, this second is, one. This is so it's like holy shit! He's the fastest three point shooter in the world, and they're going. And, you know what I mean? This is arguably not even basketball. Yeah, it's just the it's very wizardry strange. at some. Point. It's well, it's just like not the game. But that, no, that's great. That's good that you have a system. No, <laughs> my so, system is is uh, like I'll just. If I can't sleep because I'm upset, yeah, I just it's like a be- I beg, I just lay there and I beg to be able to sleep. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, you beg yourself. I guess I'm just like I'm like you know <laughs> it's like it's like I don't understand my own defense mechanisms so much yeah. that like I just beg for them to kick in, but I don't know what they are or how they work. So I'm like. Come on, the thing that happens that makes me feel better. Let's go. Let's let's oh, do it. That's the, so weird. Let's come on, the thing. This, this and goes, then the thing either comes or it doesn't, and then I have a real panic attack, and then I don't fall asleep for like till like four in the morning. That's so weird because this goes back. This goes actually to what we're talking about. We're still on topic because uh-huh. when I'm falling asleep, 
my my attitude is honestly like, and I think this this came from an over loving mother, and I also think it came from genetics. Okay. I think I'm genetically predisposed. Fifty percent of our happiness, per se, yeah. it, allegedly, is supposed to come from our genetics. Yes, you have a set point. Right. I think mine is pretty high. Yeah. And I also I, think my optimism is I also is think very mine is, is relatively high. I believe that. But yeah. listen to how I fall asleep. Okay. I start getting sleepy and I go, oh, nice job. Good. This is going to take us there. <laughs> like I encourage yeah, myself yeah, yeah, as yeah. I'm, I'm like, you're going to be asleep in five seconds. Yeah. going to be the best. Oh, let's have a good dream or whatever. And yeah. Look how quiet I can make my mind. Something oh. like really, really merge into it. Very talented sleeper. But here's the thing I want to put to you. And this will put a pin in the whole uh, the whole thing is as I'm falling asleep and I had this day of confidence but then watching myself and being overexposed to myself I couldn't stand that I was pretending to be the best basketball player I was like I'm so tired of myself of being this guy again here's the thing that Marin would probably think that I never think and I think it almost all the time if I'm going to bed at night I'm like I'm done being me it's not every night yeah but last night for sure I was like I'm tired I can't do the thing what it is is Demons, pressures, let's just call it demons. I don't mean physical, like, right. God demons. <laughs> I mean, it's the evening. I just want to be clear. I wish that you started talking about physical uh, demons that you're seeing. And well, I'd I be didn't like, cast oh, them out of my bed. Pete's gone. <laughs> we lost Pete. We lost Pete to the demons. I picture it like I, I'm laying and I need rest and I need to recharge. And I'm thinking about all these anxieties, all these woes. And it's like, mm-hmm. is the pilot going to get picked up? Uh, my hour, is it as good as I want it to be? Is it going to edit together well? What's happening? And I feel like a king who fights in his own wars. You know what I mean? Like an old-timey Conan the Barbarian kind of... So you have to get out there and fight these gross creatures. And as I start to sleep and rest, because I actually woke up... This is what happens if you go to bed at 10. You wake up at 2 in the morning. And I was probably 30% better. Like I was better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stress is really good for... uh, Sleep is really good for letting go of stress. And then by morning time, Uh I wasn't completely there, but I started to feel it. Started to feel it. Then by the time I got to therapy, I was like, I think my hour is going to come together fine. I think I'm overreacting like I was I was overwhelmed and all that yeah. stuff. I'm back. You know what I mean? So it, I guess what I'm saying is I'm exactly like you. It's just taking a lot of effort and a lot of conditioning and that sort of stuff and deliberate sort of like – and then also the genetic thing where I just think I'm predisposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to be like I'm great. Yeah, because I know people that are very close to me that just simply don't seem to have that – a right. very high default right. level of Ham- happiness. Hampton Yunt, we talked about this. Did he? He's so fucking funny. And he, you know, I can't speak for him, but if you listen to his episode, he discusses his inability or his difficulty owning that. And you know what's weird is, uh, you know, I, I I just think that's how he is on, mm-hmm. a, on a DNA level. Yeah. Whatever it is, he, he's having less of it. But – you know, I wouldn't be a comedian if, if I didn't have some need like you and I right. both have to, to get affirmed by strangers and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, who teased me about that the other day? I was laughing at my own jokes and <laughs> who, who was it? It was like, I, oh, I, I made a joke to, it must have been Chris Thayer or somebody. I made a joke and then I, and then I was like, you didn't laugh, but I'll laugh. I'll take the burden of laughing away from you. And he's like, that's what you do in stand-up too. Like it's not important if they yeah, 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 yeah. they're like left out. That's a new thing. That's like a, a merging of the confidence I had as a, as a baby kid, like yeah. a little boy. And now I'm yammering a lot. Mm-hmm. But I want to I talk about stand-up more too. Okay. You wanted to know what, what... Oh, yeah. What are you doing right now? And is, it any, is it, it any different than your first hour? And in what way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh-huh. But the thing that I wanted to put to you, the reason why I don't think I would do well in an uh, open mic these yeah. days, is now I go up and I, I, I expect a certain amount of cookies to be left for Santa. I yeah. want the crowd to be respectful <laughs> and, and at least decent. Why was that creepy? 
because uh, I'm referring <laughs> to myself as Santa. Yeah, but that's what that that's I've, I've said that to crowds before. Yeah, if they're bad. I'm like, you guys want presents, but you're not leaving Santa. In uh, <laughs> and it, and it, oh god, and it is creepy. That is it's fun very, to very do that to them. I bet. It is fun. Uh, but so, I don't know. Back when we were starting, you really had to have like something – like a joke. Oh, and yeah. Then, you had to like prove that you had some – like an good. ID. Yeah. You had to have an ID. Some like, sort of To show that you could get in. You, you, you had to have a handshake. To insist that they listen to you. Right. Sort of thing. I think I'm getting a little comfortable. But then that's spawning different types of material. Yeah. Stuff that's more character-based. Stuff that's more based in like a general understanding of who I am based on – you know the opening moments. They'll right. gi- they'll give that to you, but in an open mic where no one's listening, you have to be like oh, some killer line or something. I don't even know. I I honestly don't know what I would do. Oh, I mean, open mics are like it's like it takes too long to even explain why they're the worst. Yeah, it, to to explain it to a person that doesn't do comedy, yes, is like a long journey, and it's just sad at yeah. the end and there's, you know, there's no point there's what, no point why talk about i it? mean I, it's it's weird it's like i don't even know that we still need to do them but i assume you do if you're starting out you do you do they're a lot better now are they i think really there are better ones you don't think so katie when i was starting i, I do the uh, meltdown open mic occasionally and there was no open mic like that when i was starting there was like oh, support there's a meltdown open mic sunday night that sounds wonderful yeah you can drop drop by and work yeah. out it's great huh That's and there's like a crowd yeah, there's a, there there's difference number one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, performing for only yeah. other comedians is kind of a pre, and it should be in New York, and it should be terrible, right? And it should fill you with that fire that drives you into the later part. Yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Here's the thing that I want to put to you. You know, it's funny that confidence came up early, and here I am being tired and not feeling altogether very confident. But when we first met. You smoked my confidence. I remember that. I remember you making my dick shrivel a little bit. Uh, my confidence. Which which my, which place are we my talking confidence about? Confidence, dick. <laughs> uh, you and I, for some reason, I'm remembering one you night. You have to tell me the room we were in. I'll tell you. Stand up, New York. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. So I'm at Stand Up New York, <laughs> and it was a it was a contest. Uh, and and here's what it was: is like we both were on different nights, uh huh, and we both won. Oh, and then now it's like a you know. A final four bracket. I don't know okay. how to talk about that. And now you're there and you're competing against me in essence. Right. And you came in and I was nervous and you came in and <laughs> I'll never forget this. And it's a good story. Although okay. I think cocaine was involved. Ah, I think you I were, guarantee you it was. I think you were on the cocaine. Uh-huh. You came in uh, and I didn't know I was too naive to know about cocaine. Honestly, right. I've only just I now... very previously to that was also too naive to know about cocaine. <laughs> oh, is that true? Yes. I want to I want to hear everything about okay. about all, all of right. that. But the, okay. to end this story was you came in and you're super confident. I'm like, where's this guy getting all this energy? Yeah, and you uh, that's a bad sign when Pete Holmes wants to know where you get all your energy. Uh, where's this guy get off? Yeah. And also wondering how you, know you, you got a to be so confident. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you went up and bombed. Destroy. Oh, okay, good. And you riffed the entire time. Ah. And you got off. That sounds like me. And you had a cocktail, an American cocktail. Uh huh. And you were just, you were high. You were a blend of yeah. Coke high, but you I also. May, I may not have been on Coke that that's night. Also, I was like that. That's also possible. Yeah. But you were definitely high from the stage and you right. came off and you didn't say it in a gross way, but I'll never forget it. You were like, I just, I just riffed all that. that. That's all stuff I just came yeah, up yeah, with yeah. all the way over. And you won. Uh-huh. Or whatever, and uh, and I didn't harbor that as a loss, but I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Like you became this this treasure to me, yeah. This this monster, and you still are, yeah. But that also seemed like a, a, a rebirth. Is when you got sober. Tell right. me, tell me. Well, I wrote, I wrote like, you know, if your if your half hour special is is what twenty two minutes or something like that mm-hmm. after they edit it, 
I would say 19 of those minutes were written in the, uh, what, four months bef- between getting sober and filming that special. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, well, I didn't even really do most of the material that got me the special. That's interesting. So yeah. you auditioned or submitted a I different submitted. Half they hour. just knew. I mean, Comedy Central, when you're in New York for that long, they, they know who you are. And they yep. go, well, he's ready. That's basically how it goes. One right? of the perks of being in New York. Yeah. And so they just kind of gave me a special and then right. uh, didn't really care about the transcript so much. Right. And it's then, funny. So that- by the time I, I filmed it, it was all stuff that I had written in the last – It was that was the most prolific. But I remember seeing you after you had gotten sober and yeah. you expressing a similar to your L.A. woe uh-huh. was it was like this is like a starting over. Oh, yeah. Well, it's- I mean it's it's crazy because, you know, it after a certain point um, in New York, I was, I was never not drunk on stage. Hmm. I was never not drunk. With Jimmy Pardo. And, and half the time I was also on Coke. Yeah. But I was, I was, uh, that's only half the time because I couldn't afford, I wasn't making any money yet, you know. Right. So, um, yeah. How so did, I was drunk all the time. So getting on stage and not being drunk at all after being drunk solidly for five years is pretty, pretty crazy. But I, you know, I think it took me about a, only about a month to feel like fine. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I must have talked to you during that month. Yeah, you, you must have. difficult. Tell me how the, how did the... I have a funny story instead about you. Hit me. Because I don't remember that stand-up New York story, which yep. means I was on coke. Mm. Uh, but it, I remember um, hanging out with you, not doing a show, at a uh, cake shop. Remember uh-huh. cake, cake shop? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're in the basement and you're drunk. Oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> and I was drunk. And we... Did we have fun? Did we? Oh, we had fun. We're you were. Shots. I thought you were going to be my best friend. We connected so hard. Really? And it turns out you were in a bad place a little bit, and you were you don't normally drink like that, and you drank like that for like I forget what you were upset about, but you were upset for like a month or something like that, and you were drinking. Might have you were peak drinking. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so we connected on that level, and then maybe the next time we hung out or whatever, you would kind of like been like, oh, I don't, you're like, I don't do that every day. And I was like, right, who does that every day? Uh, but we had so much fun. And I remember being like, oh my God, Pete is like the best, you know? And then like, and then it was, it was different. I remember that. I do remember yeah. that. And that was, we had a blast. Fun. Every one out of 50 night drinking out will just like be like that. And yeah. just like, it's me. You weren't yeah, planning on it. And that on was it. my Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I happened to merge yeah. with and you, you. Yeah. We were perfectly. on the same highway. And yeah, I was like, was that's great. a great find for a guy like me. Yeah. And then, you know, like a night where you're like doing shots and just yelling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Were Kumail and Emily there? Yes. Yeah. I believe they were. I yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, night. Yeah. Because I started getting really drunk, and when I'm really drunk, I like to yell really offensive things. I, that's probably where we really hit it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun thing. Because I do. would do that, too. I got, yeah. some, I, I got some stories I shouldn't tell them do about it. getting in trouble now on stage. Why? Well, because it's like stuff that doesn't make anybody look good. <laughs> well, if you don't... I, got, I got a couple of, uh, you know, it, 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 here's the thing. <laughs> Why would I even bother to offer this? This is okay. I, I reserve the right to edit this if of I don't want to. Okay, yeah, the whole right. show. Okay, um, I I got a phone call from Esty, who runs the comedy cellar, who books the comedy cellar, uh-huh. because you know I would host in the beginning of being at the cellar. She makes you host for a while, and I would host. And hosting at the cellar is nine to like two thirty in the morning. Hmm. So I don't know about you, but when I drank from nine to two thirty. <laughs> Things were great until like 
1230. Yeah. And then shit starts to get a little. That's all. Can I interject? That's another type of drinking that I think might be one of the better kinds of drinking. I'm sure. See, that's too long. Mm -hmm. But hosting a show and getting slowly lit as you go, if they like you and you did well up top, and then you just keep going back up. Oh, yeah. And they're getting drunker. You're getting drunker. Here's the problem, though. I would get very fast and loose with my opinions of the comedians that had just performed. Oh, no. And so, and, and, and we're talking about like real dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I go up and be like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Who's, who's, who do I feel safe doing this to? Like, I would go up after John, even Mulaney, uh-huh. right? Who I would like to talk about on this podcast. I'll put it down. And uh, he, what was that face, Katie? Or was that? I, oh, it was unrelated. Okay. Ah! Um, you are. I'm very sensitive <laughs> to what the name John Mulaney does to the women in the room around me. Well. There, so, is, there uh, is a moistening. <laughs> the moistening is a great uh, <laughs> third album. Mulaney, the, the moistening. moistening. Uh, the moistening. And there's just a picture of like a chocolate cake that looks so moist. Uh, but it has a pair of panties on. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going, I've yeah. changed persona. Yeah. Uh, nothing would make me happier. No, but so like, and I, and I don't know that I did this to John. Actually, it's very likely that I did. I would get wasted, and then John would go on and do great, because mm-hmm. John's never had a bad moment in his lifetime. Ah. And uh, Just kidding. Yeah. And, uh, and then I would, like, talk about his last bit, and then try and, and like, uh, be like, Tell me you in real to life. It. No, I wouldn't oh, improve it. I'd be, like, it. I'd be like, he's full of shit. This guy was just, a, you know, and I would, like, I would shit on it. Yeah. And I would, I would, I would just like tear. So anyway, you're so scary. That idea of like a funny, somewhat drunk comedian. Oh, just shitting not on holding everybody. back at all. The crowd loved it. Yeah, I'm sure. So I was like, this is what success is like. Yes. <laughs> and then it turns out that is not the way. Right. So, um, <laughs> this is what success is. like. So anyway, after a couple of uh, most nights would go fine or whatever. You know, I'd get drunk, but it was fine. And uh, at, apparently, word would get around that I uh, would get a little, uh, get a little, uh, rambunctious, a little Gran Torino. Uh, oh uh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I get a little Clint around yeah, a little two Gran Torino. Got a little Clint there. What a great term for racist! So uh, yeah, so I would. <laughs> I got a phone call one day. Uh, I'm on the beach. I'm on the Jersey Shore. Perfect. Rest in peace, Jersey Shore. And. Uh, I get a phone call from Esty during the day, which is terrifying. I don't know if you, you, you're not a seller person, but it's terrifying. And she's, uh, she basically was like, I hear that you, uh, you drink a little too much while you're hosting. And then at the end of the night, you say some racist things. And it's just, you know, I wanted to, I prefer you didn't drink anymore. And she told me not to drink anymore while I was hosting. And I wouldn't for a while. But you, I well, did, you did stop drinking, you mean? Yeah, while hosting. But when I would do spots, I would still do them drunk and stuff i just became more careful really about right you know even while drunk i would be more careful but yeah i got warned and i you know it sucks because like this story kind of peters out unless i say the stuff i said but i I really don't feel comfortable saying that's weird because whenever i was at the cellar late i'd always watch uh it was also a very racially charged room well that's what i'm saying it was like Django and chain exactly 11 especially out of context for me to tell you the things i said now it would sound like well, we're in a day-soaked, a yeah. sun-soaked comic, comic book, book shop. shop. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in the cellar, it really didn't seem that out of place. If you want some you N-words, know? you got to look for a crumb book. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I do have an N-word story, but it wasn't the cellar. That was uh, Caroline's. What is that? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. What? I can tell the story. This is funny. So, 
We're doing. You ever do a prom show? Never did. You never did a prom show. One of the prides of my career was I was Good for always you. self-respecting enough to be like, I don't think I'm going to do that. Good for you. Well, <laughs> prom shows uh, are shows in New York City. I don't know if they do them out of their places. Maybe they do. Yeah. That uh, they bust high schoolers in from out of town to have a comedy show after prom so they don't finger each other and try to have babies and shit like right. that. Right. Finger babies. Right. Finger babies. I gave birth to a thumb. <laughs> Did Jimmy finger you? I really appreciate you trying to riff on that. I tried. So, um... <laughs> So it's a prom show, and and it's and and I had a drinking problem, and it was and it was fine until like I said, one a.m. and then I shouldn't be on stage after one a.m. and You're so like I would gremlin. get I would get like I'm just with my friends drunk after one a.m. but be on stage in front of all these kids, and so there was a, a an African American comedian who was on before me, who I was semi friends with, you know, we were we were on good terms, and he kept saying the n word in his act, not the word he was saying the n word, he was saying the oh, phrase uh-huh, the n word. Uh-huh. And he was black. So I got up afterwards. And these are high school kids who are – you couldn't be more – I mean, uh, if they're good kids, they're like the most terrified by racism. Of course. Like the of course, most terrified. So I got up and I go – he was watching me from the side. And I go, hey uh, – you know this guy's name. I go, hey, you know you can just say the word, right? Like you're yeah. black. You can say it. Yeah. And uh, – but I said – but I said the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you can just say, you know. And then he and and the crowd was like, <gasps> but then they looked at him and he nodded and laughed. So then they laughed. So then I went, well, now I can do whatever I want. And then I go, I forget, why did you feel that way? I don't know <laughs> because I was wasted. Why do you uh, punch a wall when you're wasted? So <laughs> never done it. Right. Well, I know well, an example, like when you know people do things that are just not themselves. Right? I understand. So anyway, I I ended up saying it a much bunch of times, rapid fire, ah. but not in like a mean or angry way at all. It wasn't like a Michael Richards thing. Just it was to just say like it. just to say it or whatever. And I and it was it, I, the best part is so he I look over there after like the second or third time he's still laughing right yeah so then I do it like. Who knows how many more times? And I look over, and he's gone. And the kids realize he's gone. And now I'm just a white guy that just did that. Yeah. And it was lost- weird. You want to know how I handled it? Because I was drunk. You started saying. I just other- did my time. act like nothing had happened. <laughs> I just. I was like. <laughs> I was like. So what's up with whatever the fuck I was talking about at the time in my act? And I just acted like nothing. That didn't just happen. Did you do well? No. <laughs> no, I'm proud to say no. I'm proud of those kids. <laughs> and that was insane. that was that's and that's like a, a not I wouldn't say a bottom, for, you know, but this was close to the end of when yeah. I was drinking and it was, you know, something that I was Oh, here's the worst part after the show. The you know, I was a sick person for a while and and the wait staff at Caroline's was like the sweetest enablers. <laughs> but sweetest, you know, they were like they seemed to really care about me and my life, and and but they would also bring me drinks and cocaine, and uh, not the servers. But um, wait, the, did you have to pay for the cocaine? That's, yes, that's gift cocaine. No, no, no. Like they, <laughs> I just would get it there, uh, but not from the servers. So anyway, the point is like they cared. We were friends, and and that night it was just three black waitresses, and oh. so they came into the green room afterwards, and they were like, "What happened? What was that?" And I like started crying. 
because I couldn't believe like it all hit me at once. Like what the f- what the fuck was that? Like I I didn't understand what what I thought I was even doing, oh. and I just felt terrible. Oh. And they were like, "It's not that big a deal. Like now you're just crying because you're drunk, also. But like, oh, we're no. not gonna we're not gonna tell any managers or anything. Don't worry about it because it's an empty house. I mean, it's like it's like four literally four o'clock in the morning. So there's nobody there except the kids Whoa. and the waitstaff. That's I, not, so I got away with it. That's not your bottom. No, and I uh, that would be a lame bottom. I feel like I said a bunch of words you're not supposed to. Say, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, no, because most people that would suck. Because most people like have hurt or killed people in their family <laughs> as their right, bottom. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> you're comparing it to other bottoms. Well, you know, as no, bottoms that, go, that was that was so that was kind of a, a, a bottom. No, my bottom was just emotional. Like I just couldn't. I, I had no. I had nothing left. I couldn't feel that way anymore right my my uh pain, threshold for emotional pain gave out i couldn't do it anymore because you were inflicting a lot of emotional pain, pain on myself pain yeah from relationally or everything relationships were all wrong uh my career was all wrong everything i didn't i you know i basically felt like i you feel just so alienated i felt like i i couldn't have a normal conversation with another human being with mm. and and feel like we were connecting oh, that's right. Remember? and all i care about is connecting with people that's yeah. all i've ever cared about yeah my mom wrote a, a short story about me once when i was four like my first word was ball, and it was because my favorite game was to roll a ball back and forth with, with her. And I, w- I would just yell ball all the time because I wanted – and she thought that, like, that was me as a little kid just being like, please connect with me. I want to, like, share a ball with you kind of uh, thing. And she's like, that's the main thing that you should be doing in your career. And uh, and it is kind of what you do. That's kind of like stand-up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The but, ball. I mean, it's now it's it's on me to make sure that that's, it's, that's my style of stand-up. Not and just they, and, not just doing stand up, and that you're because I've never I, there's some stand ups out there that I couldn't feel less connected to when they're on stage. Yeah, that that and those are the bad too. ones. Yeah, that turns me off as mm-hmm. well. Uh, how did how did uh, cocaine is interesting to me because I've, I've I can count on one finger. <laughs> I could just say one. Time, <laughs> I could count on one finger. <laughs> I, I could count on two fingers the number of times. I could count on one finger the number of times. I've been at a party and seen a bag of cocaine. Yeah. And so it still has that allure. I, I don't mean allure. I mean mystery. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that you're talking about clubs that I worked, a uh, city that I worked, I'm aware that there's cocaine happening. Right. But I never saw it. So yeah. So it's, you know, it's like uh, a, a, a pixie or a fairy or something. Yeah. I, I, I don't well, know. Well, I was also someone that wasn't uh, – I mean, maybe you remember me being vocal about it. I don't know while I was doing it. But um, – I was I wasn't like a hey let's all do it. I was like yeah. a this is mine it's in my pocket I'm going to do it when I'm when I'm tired of this conversation. Really? And I would just like walk out of conversations to go do it and then come back like now we're having fun. <laughs> you know? Well you you and I and Oren uh went to Fatty Crab, one of my favorite restaurants. Yes. In New York, and I remember... But that was after I quit, right? Yes, yeah. but it was right after you quit. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I remember. And I was at comics. That was a really bad time for me, yeah. 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 I remember you came back from the bathroom, and you said, this is the first time in I don't know how long that I wouldn't have gone to the bathroom several times to do cocaine. Before. Oh, yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was so naive. Yeah. How did you get introduced to it? What was the first time you did it? Uh, the first time... You know what? I think I feel like this is like a, a common thing. The first time I did it was like um, awesome, and I think that's like how it. How, the circumstances were awesome. I was um, in San Francisco, and um, uh, I don't. Well, I don't want to uh, bring up one person in the story. So a guy that I was hanging out with Let's that I didn't him know, Bono Donner. Oh, I don't care about the guy <laughs> himself. I'm talking about the reason I knew the guy. Oh, okay. but anyway, that was a Sean O'Connor joke. A uh, Bono Bonner, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's call him Bono Bonner. 
<laughs> and it's not O'Bonner. It's Bono. By the way, how amazing would it be if he was who introduced me to cocaine? That would have been Sean? the funniest. Yeah, it just would be the funniest thing about our relationship. So, um, no, so I was hanging out with this guy in San Francisco, and uh, I can't tell if this is like the most boring podcast ever. Does that ever happen? You're bigling us. What is that? What? It's, a, it's a new phenomenon where the guest thinks they're being boring. Oh, that's new? That should be the oldest. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, the answer is uh, that no. should have been the first podcast. Like, why? <laughs> what, yeah, what are yeah, we yeah. doing? What this is, is boring, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so this guy who... Uh, I love that you're telling a story about the first time you did cocaine, and you're like, is this dull? I don't know. Do you know most is, people is are talking about? a little navel gazy? Anyway. That's, oh, God. This is the navel gaze central. Mm-hmm. Go on. So, uh... So anyway, I'm in San Francisco, and and this guy um, that I'm hanging out with is is from there. He lives there, and he's a, a very very smart guy. He's like one of those guys that has like three PhDs but no job. P P P A H H D D D. Yeah, exactly. I have my P P P H H H D D D in neuroscience. I'd probably still be friends with that guy if he said it that way. So instead, I'll just be friends with you, who did say it that way. Thank you. So I'm hanging out with this guy, and he's like a genius or whatever. And he's he he's a pot dealer, and in San Francisco, and he's a genius. So it's like that kind of weed where it's like, you know what I mean? Where like it's it's like grown in a in a fucking lab or whatever. Anyway, so it's just crazy strong weed. And um, I'd never done cocaine, and, and we went out drinking, and I was trying to impress this guy for uh, some reason. The genius. Yes. He was a little older than me, and so I drank way too much bourbon. You know, I was – I was uh, I don't know why I thought that would impress another dude, but uh, <laughs> so I'm like – it was like Indiana Jones where they're like in the shot contest. It was like that. Oh, yeah. So we, we get back to his house, and I am – passing out sick like not going well i'm not gonna puke because i just don't puke i never puked as much as i was an alcoholic i only puked twice from alcohol in my life and the first time was in high school wow so um i'm back at his place and i'm passing out and he goes hey uh do you do coke and i was like like horizontal on this like daybed thing and i was like yes but i'd never done it and so it was peer pressure it's what well he was he said it like would you like some tea and I was like, yeah. And then he had to call for it. And a guy shows up in like 10 minutes, it is, which I learned later is like, that's like, that's a time machine amount of time for a Coke dealer to show up at your house. I mean, that's like insane. Fast. Fast. Like, yeah. the, it was incredible. So this was guy it, shows was it up. Stephen Hawking? No. <laughs> Want some blow. Want some blow. <laughs> uh,. So he uh, shows up, and apparently this guy like owned nightclubs in San Francisco. Like the guy that showed up the to give us. A, it, I'm, I'm picturing a mustache and a tan. It's San Francisco. <laughs> no, not gay clubs. Ah, uh, <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been great, and probably even better cocaine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it was a, like a regular dude. It was like a. It was like a. You're you're cool guy. Like you're uh, you're. Let's say you're. Uh, what is he dressed like? Uh, I don't know. Who's cool in comedy? Somebody that's cool. Uh, dress is cool or is cool? Dress is cool. I don't know. He's just cool. He's like he's like a hip guy. So he Hard shows work? up. <laughs> Hard what? I thought well. his whole thing was like. Yeah, no. Look at his shoes. <laughs> you see Hardwick, he's like, I'm just a dork like yeah. you. And you're like, those, those are th- handmade leather yeah. shoes. <laughs> those are $1,300 heated <laughs> shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love him, but he's a sharp dresser. He, I, mean, I love that. I when mean, he I, steps on him, they blink and go, "Remember Nintendo?" <laughs> <laughs> Imagine so, uh, if these were LA lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little obscure <bit>. reference. <laughs> so uh, this guy shows up anyway. It, it's like 
what I learned later was like extra high level like you knew somebody cocaine because most cocaine is really really shitty and cut with like baby laxatives and all that kind of stuff it's very little actual cocaine this was like real really 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 good i mean this guy owns like you know like like bottle service nightclubs in san francisco so it was like that level okay and um so I just I do I I remember I snorted one thing. I didn't even know if I was going to do it right. I was terrified. I've never snorted anything in my life. And uh I was like 24 and imme- I went from one of the drunkest sickest things I've ever felt to being like let's go out. Really? With one line. I was just like this is the best I've ever felt. And then his friend came home who was his roommate and he was like uh I'm sorry guys. Do you mind if I use this table to organize my magic cards? He said and, that? Yeah. And I was like, you play magic? And he was like, you play magic? And I was like, yes. And then I was on Coke and played Magic the Gathering for like four hours. And it was Whoa. like the best experience of my life. The marriage of something so seedy and underworld. Yeah, it was and like, like, so and then talk just... about like a, like a, almost like a, a nod that it was safe, huh. you know, because magic was very safe to <laughs> yeah. me, and, you know. So it was just like crazy. It being very potent and it being your very f- first time, mm-hmm. I have to contribute to did you did you feel like you were addicted to it uh no but it, but a good experience like that up top right leads no to you have doing to do it, it you have to do it a few, uh, quite a few times before you're thinking about it when you're not doing it oh the, i see cocaine is incredibly addictive while you're doing it like you're you want the next bump or the right. next line like so quick like half yeah. an hour or yeah. less yeah uh but when you're not doing it at all is that what diseases movie was about 30 minutes <laughs> Okay. We're May- fun. Are, do we have to keep tying this back into Aziz? Aziz? <laughs> uh, so, Give me some more. Yeah. So anyway. One more that blow. That was my first time. And then I, and then I just started, there. I, you know, I got to the point where like I'd have like um, $90 in my checking account and I would take out 60 For Coke. Yeah. But you, okay. So it was that was in New York. Yeah. Yeah. You used to perform on the cocaine. Oh, yeah. All the and time. Yeah. Was that good? Or did it just feel like it was going better? I think it went fine. But, you, but did you feel like that was like, that's a special Coke set? This mm. coming, here's why I ask. I've, I've gotten off stage and people have accused me of being on cocaine. Like if I'm riffing right. a lot, having a lot of fun, and basically killing. Yeah. And then people are like, he must be on Coke. So that makes me think, are Coke sets better sets? No, I think uh, the thing that it takes away is, I think it makes you more focused on your material and makes you more like a machine mm-hmm. which can be good if your material's good and you're delivering it well and you're like you know you're just like crushing that's one thing yes but that's not even the kind of comic i ever wanted to be i wanted to be a guy that is so attuned to the temperature of the room that i could change an eyelid based on you know the guy in the third row mm-hmm. if that's that's how in the set and in that room i want to be it's right. actually hurt me because it's hard to do TV sets when that's the kind of comic you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, so I would just say Coke removed that connection that yeah. I wanted with the crowd. Well, that's that's vulnerability as a comedian, too. If, if you're yeah, really. You're not vulnerable on Coke. Is that right? Right. Well, when it's working, no. <laughs> no, it starts to work against you, it turns on you. What does that mean? Uh, you know, it, this is true of all drugs. It, it starts out great, 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 bad. Great, 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 bad. Great, great, bad. Great, bad. Great. Gr- bad and so like basically towards the end i i would do a line and 
and uh, I would feel great for uh, four minutes, and then immediate downward emotional spiral to like the very bottom. Oh, that's what. Yeah, Coke is one of the hangover is sadness. No, not not the hangover. This is while you're high. It turns on you. It literally the high turns on you, and you it becomes the most monstrous you can ever feel about yourself. Really, while you're high, while you're doing it. So you're a high energy self hating machine. Well, at that point, it's I wouldn't even call it energy. You're just you're just kind of shit like shaking with uh self-loathing no like nerd like your your heart's racing yes and i guess you could call it energy but it's all just like negative wow yeah i've never heard that yeah it well it takes uh, i think that takes a few years I, i did coke for about five years whoa but i didn't there were long stretches of time where i didn't do it very often or at all I don't want you to feel judged. Do you feel yeah. judged? No, not judged. I just don't want to feel like if I'm listening to this, I'm like, wow, this guy was a fucking complete cokehead for five years. That's not how it happened. It was more like, you know, once a week for a couple of years. And sure. then like, you know, it got, and then really I, the only time I would even say objectively I was a fucking cokehead was the last like maybe year before I quit. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. If you think if coke was a pill, do you think how much more popular do you think it would be? You could It'd probably. It'd be this, exactly the same. You think so? I would never snort something. Because but, the bad – that's not – I don't think that's what's keeping people from doing it. It might be one of the things that keeps me from doing it. Because um, I, okay. I was at a wedding. I feel, like, was, I feel like one more person would do it and it would be you. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. No. Because it it's a degrading More thing. people might try it. Yeah. But it wouldn't change the nature of the drug if that's what you mean. Like the experience would be exactly the same and people would still call it evil. I agree with that. Yeah. I just think more people would probably do it, would probably try it. Because I remember I dated a girl and then I found out that she uh, had done cocaine or occasionally did cocaine. And it really threw me for a loop. And I remember it was Joey Rose's, Joe Rosa, that was like, well, it's a degrading thing. It's like in the, you know, this illegal substance that you're like snorting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like how you want to picture your girlfriend. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's not it's a terrible. good thing. But if it were a pill, what I was going to say was I was at a wedding once and someone was like, take this Adderall. And I took Adderall. Oh, uh, okay. And that's like, cocaine isn't it or it's like speed uh, i'm not really sure i don't think so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it's on par i'm just saying someone had a pill and if it was a prescription drug it's all perception for me yeah some of my bullshit is that it's perception uh that if they were like um this is called this is a prescription drug mm-hmm. called uh sweated out <laughs> yeah <laughs> or uh heart energy right uh maybe <laughs> maybe i would take a heart energy pill yeah i'd do that ten thousand times more before i would be like here's some coke I would okay never, i would never do that i never got into pills because um there's i don't know there's something about my upbringing like i never thought that drugs should just be fun i always thought drugs should have an element of like danger and badness huh. and like i've never done ecstasy because i'm not interested in feeling as good as i can feel that's not what i think drugs is about drugs is not about Oh, I can flip this button and now I feel great. Like that's horseshit. Drugs is a, like a it should be a problem that you overcome and are stronger for. Like that's why acid is great cuz you you could take acid and barely survive and then come out on the other side and be like, "Oh, I, I did it. I completed that acid." But ecstasy is like it's it's like too fucking, reliable. Yeah, it's reliable. It's like so it's one note. You know what I mean? At least coke like Everything can go horribly wrong, and and always does. Where did you get this novelization? It's of like drugs? a puritanical idea about drugs, where it's like you have to suffer, or it doesn't count, or it's not worth. Yeah, where's that coming from? 
My dad. Why? What is your dad up to? You have a weird fucking dad. I, I, I would say. <laughs> I I've do heard a, you talk about your I dad. I do have a weird dad. He's a lovely, lovely man, but I'm he's, not, he's, he's weird. You, you can be a weird fucking dad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's lovely. But no, he, 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 from a very early age, and I think this is from uh, his grandmother who helped raise him, um, she was very old school puritanical, like, you know, d- uh, pain is, is a virtue, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel like my dad has spent a lot of his life doing things that are difficult because they're difficult weird yeah right mm-hmm. so he's like old school yeah he and wants I, to... I it it's only recently in the last couple of years have i felt like i could actually kind of let, mostly let that go that i had that everything i do has to have a, a very bad side to it or it's not uh legitimate you know it sounds like uh cutting or self-abuse or something it's i can see how you might make that thing but i i feel like the motivations for when people do that is not what i'm talking about i don't know the motivations for either what you're talking about i've never fully understood the cutting thing it's something to do with feeling alive or you or or like you oh it's control that's what it is like you you have so many Uh, bad feelings you're like at least i can control this feeling i think that's why they do it right katie i'm sure it's different so uh case to case or maybe it's not i don't know but uh i i'm interested in where i don't trust anything that didn't come with a shitload of negativity or baggage or difficulty where did you learn that that's what love is from your from your parents uh, I don't know if I learned that's what love is. Well, yeah, I, I guess I did learn that. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to pinpoint that point. Pinpoint that. What without, was like what years was of therapy? And family think. like we. Uh, it was. I we. My sister and I felt very loved. That, that I could never uh, say that that didn't happen. And I thank that for being able to have like a healthy you know relationship well this today. is an AA thing too that your parents did the best they could with with what they had. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they, but the thing is, they were like, um, they would just kind of like. I remember when we once we we left uh, San Francisco. We were living in San Francisco, and I was in fifth grade. I was starting sixth grade, and we moved mainly because my parents were just like they. The quote they gave was, "We're sick of looking for parking," <laughs> and so they put all our stuff in a truck, and we moved across country with no plan. And really? we stopped in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, and just like tried to make it happen there. And that didn't really work for a year. We were on food stamps. My dad couldn't get good a good job, so then we left after that. And we, you know that there was a lot of that. You you left. Where were you? Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I mean, before what, you came to Pittsfield by way of San Francisco. You were okay. That's and before where you were that was to Oakland. Park. Before that was Portland. Before that was Philadelphia. Why? Why so much? I exactly. Why so much, Papa? <laughs> But that seems like uh, it, it kind of reflects this idea. Like you got to keep people always keep like army moving. brat, and I'm like opposite of army brat. Yeah, like not for a bigger cause, <laughs> just for <laughs> not out of service to our country. What's worse than moving? People hate moving, especially being new and like every year. And it's like in seventh and eighth. You know what it's like being new in seventh and eighth grade. It's each grade new. Sixth, seventh, eighth. Yeah. Jeez, Louise! Mm-hmm. It's, what was it's it the like? fucking worst? Uh, You're just starting a new school. What? Which? Which one was sixth grade? It just feels like Pittsfield. That's okay, Pittsfield. And uh, it it just feels like uh, you, you just feel like you're like. So I'm wrong, like as a person, right? Oh. I'm just wrong because like didn't have they're any so of... fucking cold. Yeah, kids are the worst. <laughs> I hope to God my kid has the strength. 
to be nice to kids that don't have it as good as he does socially. Yeah, I really hope that that's that's what I will consider more than than anything. Even after I've I've done more specials than you, Pete, that's the thing that will ah. be a success to me is that I've raised a kid. <laughs> I didn't realize how important that was to me until recently. I was at a party and this guy who's like this big time director. Um, like blockbuster director had a, had his teenage son there, mm-hmm. and I assumed he was going to be the worst person ever. And he was oh, you're fourteen talking years about old. Jordy, jo- jo- uh, no, jo- I think I know who you're talking about. It doesn't start with a J. I'm forgetting his name. Oh, but I know who you're talking about. Okay, he listens to the show. Does he? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. He great ha- kid had a fourteen year old kid. Yeah. Has a 14-year-old kid. And I assumed, like, oh, this kid's going to suck. He's going to be sullen like every 14-year-old I've ever met. That was the only reason I thought that. Yeah. He was so upstanding, polite, look you in the face, shake your hand. He's the uh, quarter- quarterback on his football team. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got, like, the world on a, on a fucking uh, platter. Yeah. And, uh, and he's super respectful, sweet, nice, yeah. all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I was like, no matter what I thought of... That, and I already liked the director guy, but I didn't trust him because it's L.A. and I don't trust anybody yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I trusted him. I was like, that guy is a good dude because that kid should, yeah. shouldn't be like that, and he is. Yeah. Well, he, I I just found this out. I think it was Katie that told me that you're having a baby. I am having a baby. You can't have a baby. I'm having a baby. Here you are. I'm having a baby. a baby. We're naming him Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, was that informing how you were talking about that? Now you know you're going to have a baby. This was before I knew I was having a baby, that I had that thought no, about that kid. No, I mean kid. you talking about it, how you're framing it. Not oh, probably. I wonder. Yeah. Kind of I just think it's things. just a matter of getting older. I think I'm, I'm 33, and like you, you start to realize what makes a person a good person. Yeah. And you don't know for a long time. In your 20s, you're just like trying people on and seeing what fits. And you're like, just because somebody has a tattoo on their face doesn't mean they're a bad. And then you realize, that, no, they're always a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me about that. By the way, Pittsfield is a great Sufjan Stevens song. Is it? Yeah, you should listen to it. It's about your town. Okay. And, yeah. And it's beautiful. And it's heartbreaking. There's something else about somebody, one, some like hot to trot actresses from there. Amy. Adams. I think so. Or Elizabeth Banks. One of them is from Pittsfield. Um, if only there was some kind of machine. We don't need that to. That would tell us. We don't need to wonder kill this. No. Just let it be. Okay. So uh, you are married. I am married. I've been to your apartment. Uh, you haven't been to my house. I've been to your old apartment. Yeah, you haven't been to my new house. And it was very lovely, deco- lovely decorated. Oh, you should see the new place. Yeah, I'm very, very into that. I know that's what well, I. Well, I'm a I, huge nester because I was like always fucking jostled around. So yeah. like I would always make my room like exactly the way I needed it within like 12 hours of getting to whatever uh, new fucking town we were in. Yes. and I st- I still have that problem. Yes. So I'm obsessed with how my house looks. It's a little weird that you picked a profession that moves you around a lot that you have to travel for. Yeah, I mean, there's this this could be very uh, uh, <laughs> psychology 101. Yeah. You know. You mean that you're doing the whole what I do now and what I how I you know yeah it's all pretty but I think when people are like why are you a comedian it's like because what the fuck else I think psychology one on one would be uh, that's your past and then you never travel anymore I think that's psychology one on one okay that you're like uh, you just lived in the same place ever since you left your house right but you didn't why were they moving so much no reason this party's dead man. Were they <laughs> were they partying? No, they weren't. But uh, that's the feeling, I think. Like, fuck this place. Let's try something else. Let's mix it up. Let's see what's out there. You, does that give you... That gives me resentment <laughs> towards your parents. 
It gives my wife resentment towards my parents. Well, where's yours? Let's find it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like you should. Uh, Who does that? Uh, I would you do you that? Know, you know, when the you weirdest have a part kid. is I uh, completely like uh, idolized my parents like throughout it. And never thought they did anything wrong and that they were amazing and the coolest parents ever. Well, they were probably all you had. Right. <laughs> you see, I had friends. It was like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Of course and you I, loved your cool parents always taking you on goddamn roads. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, you know, no rules. Yeah. So, but then... It's like cool dad or whatever. Right, cool, absolutely. Cool absolutely. My dad was... You know, my mom left when I was 14 to go do her thing. And, and What does that mean? She wasn't happy anymore and was like, I'm going to – she moved to Tennessee. It's, I did a This American Life story about it. I'm very proud of it. It's actually the most satisfying thing I've ever done creatively. Hmm. But anyway, he uh, she left and then me and my dad were just like best friends like while I was in high school. Yeah. So like my therapist did point this out to me because I – because um, I, my dad does no wrong in my eyes, you know? Uh-huh. And it's like a problem because yeah. he does wrong because he's a human being. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to my therapist about it and she was like, well – Obviously, he can do no wrong. He took care of you when your mom left, so he's like your, you know what I mean? Your like, hero. Yeah, basically. And I, it, I was so, I would consider myself a pretty insightful guy, and it, that never even occurred to me that like that's why I thought he was a perfect person was right. just because he took me in as his own child. And, and you, and you, but you know. That's what he should do, and, and right. that's and that's what he did. And, yeah. and your mom did uh, not to be dramatic, but that's a, a betrayal of sorts. yeah, sort yeah. Sure. And then also you throw in no friends and constantly moving. Right, fourteen is what grade? It's it's. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering why I, I I look like this and played Magic the Gathering, it's because of this uh, circumstance. Yeah, you look like you should beat up kids that play Magic yeah. the Gathering. Oh, uh, I went back and did that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you and then as you're walking away, you whispered what spell you just used. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I'm better at your game. <laughs> And you walk away in your Chris Hardwick shoes. Yes, magic, 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 magic. the gathering. Uh, Lord, Lord of the Pit. What is, What does that mean? You're so. It sounds like you already talked about this on This American Life. Damn you, Ira. No, I didn't talk to him. I just wrote a story about going to Tennessee for Christmas with my mom's new husband. Oh, that's who I think is a weird fucking guy. Because you've told that on stage. Yes. When I said your dad was a weird fucking guy, I meant your mom's boyfriend. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's a different. Because that was like a hide and go. My dad is a sweetheart. Yeah. Sensitive, like. That's who uh, I was picturing this, this really smart guitar, you know, plays guitar, writes songs, like smokes weed in the mountains. That's my dad. Yeah. And then she went and hung out with this, got married, remarried to this uh, ex-biker from Tennessee, rural Tennessee. So was the moving related to trying to make it as a musician? No. No, he actually has a um, almost pathological resistance to ever using his music for other people. That's bizarre. He's amazing. He has a couple of songs. This part of me take with a grain of salt that I think this guy can do no wrong, but I really do feel like his songs are like tremendously good and he could have been like a recording artist and would never, ever, ever let himself do that. Why? Exactly. I don't know. But it sounds like your formula of like you have to suffer for things. Yeah. Why, no, it's why absolutely the, that. Why are the it's absolutely that. And I themselves. have that and I still fucking have that and it's really fucking slowing me down in this business. Well, there's an interesting you want to talk And you don't have it. Yeah, and that's yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about. That's well, you, what the beef is. You know what's interesting? And it is funny how that and goes I'm furious full at circle. your parents for not teaching you that you can just, that, that life sucks. And yeah. you have to be, you have to try and just do the best you can with it. Right. Instead, they're like, no, life is a cornucopia of fruit, sweet fruits. Uh, you should just, you should just suckle them. Was pe- that from Peter. Mrs. 40? I don't fruits. know. 
There's a I don't remember. Here's here's something. No, I, it's, I think it was Mike Myers. I don't know if this will do it. Of the devil. If this will do it for you, but there is the idea of like. Uh, oh, are you going to fix me right now? No. Oh, not at all. <laughs> oh God, that kind of insulted me. That you <laughs> I think thought, I would try? I didn't think you were going to try. No, I, I know I, you're I, an intelligent I'm guy. I'm here to respect and listen yeah. to you. But um, there is something that bothers me when I hear it. Is that like. Uh, our our lives, are, we have like a thermostat, basically. I'm stealing this from motivational stuff that I've okay. listened to. Yeah, you seem like a Tony Robbins guy that's a little bit. I, that's who I'm stealing it from. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he, but he talks about like you have a thermostat on your life and, and it's subconscious. Uh-huh. When you were talking about visualization and AA and stuff, yeah. I believe visualization is very... Oh, by the way, mine was a creek. Oh, is that what your yeah. higher power was? It was a babbling brook. Okay, there you go. Okay. Because our subconscious speaks in symbols. Yeah. It doesn't speak in this language. Right. So it needs to, like, you need to picture things. That oh, you my God. I can talk about mythology stuff. for, like, five hours. It's really? Um, it's unbelievable. Well, save it for, um, the, oh, yeah. save it for the God part, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Is that what you Oh, mean? I thought we're not wrapping up? No, not at all. Jesus Christ. Okay, great. Jesus is at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got mad at Chelsea the other day for bringing it up early. Did I? Yeah. On the, on the third right, On the one where she uh, interviewed you. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's very funny. She, um... Okay, now I'm, I'm all over the place. But anyway, Tony Robbins, who I, I, I'm unapologetic about my enjoyment of some of his ideas. Right. And one of them that resonated with me was the idea that uh, our, our lives have a thermostat. And we set it. We set it for like 60 degrees. And if you start uh, – it, it's good in that if you're not generating enough success or whatever it is, happiness, love, in your life that's not at 60 degrees, uh, you the, will... he, the heaters kick on. Uh-huh. And it, and it brings it up. Like the but, motivations meaning? Are those the heaters? Yeah, it, like the, it becomes things the gumption. You, though, you like, must do it. you right. got to do it. But okay. then if it starts getting hotter, you start succeeding more and you get to 70 degrees. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, the AC kicks on yes. it and takes it away. Wow. So, Tony Robbins, huh? Yeah, it also keeps you from being too successful. Right. So like all like it's a it's a big belief of mine. Now we're into me territory, uh, inspired by people like that. But like you need like you're the one that needs to see it first, sort of thing. You're doing very well. But yeah. I believe that's probably because you started giving yourself some permission to do better. Like to like go out. Maybe I'm and, still and incredibly well, that, yeah, that, conflicted about where I am. That I would uh, – well, you're a good-looking man. Mm-hmm. You're very, very funny. Everybody makes fun of how good-looking you are. Uh-huh. You know this. Yeah. And, and you're super, super funny. You had the best line. What was second, it? It got beat the other day. Well, but me. the best line anyone's ever said about my looks uh, at, in Chicago last year. Did he I said, uh, Julian looks like uh, a good-looking guy's brother. Yeah. <laughs> That was great. Isn't that, isn't really that, good. Because that's that, how I felt. Isn't that hurtful? It's very hurtful, and it's how I feel about myself. Uh, but those are the best ones. Yeah. And, and, uh, but then John F. O'Donnell was on stage. He had to go after me the other night at 51st Jokes. And uh, I will unabol- unapologetic. Were you there? I, my thing went great, yeah. I would say. And uh, There you go. And, and John had to go after me. He goes, he goes hey, guys, so this is my vessel. All right. I'm so- talking about his body. He's uh-huh. like, I'm sorry. I do what I can with it. Sorry, I don't have a McCullough 3000. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was like, that's the first time I've ever had a compliment make me laugh. That's very funny. It's very funny. You're in a McCullough 3000. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know which comes first. But, but the temperature thing is, that's cr- Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, but it's, I, kind of, it's almost so obvious. It is. A lot of that stuff is obvious. And I'm After a, you hear it. And way. I'm completely open to it being bullshit. But it, it makes sense in my life. I don't that, think it's bullshit. I remember just, and I think I've said this on the show before, the idea that I was like, I could never see myself uh, having my own show. And then it's just one of those moments where a voice inside goes like, well, then you never will. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, you, you think people are yes, lining up I to know. prove that's wrong? Right. They agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because until you have to see You're it the first. only one. 
that yeah. should be thinking that you should have your you own You need show. to become a prophet of your own message and be like, no, I'm yeah. Julian McCall and I deserve this, this, that and this, feels or like I want this. very very like childlike I just am realizing this for the first time. Mm. A very, very like two, three year old, maybe even one years old lesson mm. when we're, we learn when we're that age, when we're that young, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm going to be a dad. I'm terrified about like the shit that like s- that you're imprinting at a young age when yeah. like you think it's just a second thought. You're like, oh, here's your milk. Right. And the way you did it is like, yeah. Okay. Well, that, so, the, there's science behind that. All there the, is. All the Russian orphans that were, like, not tended to when there was all the overcrowded orphanages in uh-huh. Russia, the number of social disorders with these children is yeah. huge because right. they learned, I cry, no one pays any attention. Exactly. I'm fed uh, twice a day, and that's all I get. And what I heard from that uh, study is that they actually all grew up to be Russian. Uh, so, 100% uh, <laughs> Russian. Listen to this. And that is the Russian that we know and love today. And then some of them were in that situation, but only for 10 months, let's say, mm-hmm. and they were fine. Oh, really? And some of them were oh, there so for two years. So it's not going to be one instance that you... Yeah. It's, but, it's really troubling. But Same hearing orphanage. you talk about that, about, mm. about, you know, I'm the one that has to tell me that it's, I'm going to get a show, it's almost like because the... the, the uh, what's the opposite? The opposite or whatever of that is um, where is the person that's coming to give me my show or where is the person that's going to uh, come tell me that I deserve it or that I should go get it? Right. Where is that person? These are the questions that you ask yourself that I feel like get implanted uh-uh. with you at that early age where yeah. somehow you learned that that it's supposed to come from outside. That mm-hmm. help or that motivation that is supposed to be given to you or 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 something or that you don't have the agency to do it yourself. Whereas you think you're more like I need to generate it from myself. No, I feel like I'm fighting that that uh-huh. that I I've wasted too many years wondering where that person is. And it's me. Huh. You know, interesting. That's very interesting. But I don't know where that starts. And I hope that I don't do that to my kid. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be tricky. So how does he say you raise your temperature? What's it's, the technique? It's, it's subconscious. Yeah. I mean, like, he's big into conditioning. This has just been what's been coming up. I've been doing other people's podcasts, and this has been coming up. But Are he, people sick of hearing you talk about this? Because I don't want to make you talk about this on my no, episode. No, no, no. If I, you've been talking about this no, a lot. No. Okay. I don't think there's too much crossover between okay. me. So what's the technique to raise your temperature to make your life hot? <laughs> I want a hot life. Ah. Well, I think that's it. I think that's step one is is acknowledging that you want it. That you want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you know, it's it's weird. There's a there's the genetic set point of your happiness that we've already discussed. But then there's like when you look in the mirror, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you when you look in the mirror, do you think Julian McCullough three thousand? Am I? Are you like I'm going to McCullough three thousand? Oh no, God, that's uh, that's another one. I actually had to have uh, med- I had to have uh, hip- hypnotherapy hmm. for that because when I look in the mirror, I don't see anything at all resembling what i keep hearing that i uh, am perceived as see i think that's a temperature setter right there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a doctor <laughs> but i think yeah. that's a temperature setter. it's true yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it it comes uh i don't know it's hard to use myself as the example of the right way to do it. i'm not saying that's have you ever way. heard somebody call like an album or, or anything you know a, a piece of work my insides don't match my outsides that's funny. No. I th- I'm thinking of that's what I'm going to have. That would be like the struggle to write that hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's like what I should probably be doing instead of like <laughs> Samsung. 
Samsung? Is, yeah. Well, I have a very good joke about Samsung right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just a joke about a phone. Yeah. So, But I think you need to start communicating uh, to yourself. This, this is one thing that I, that I recently uh, read or saw in a documentary. That's where I get all my info. Is mm-hmm. that the, uh, the science of telling yourself once or twice a day, I accept myself unconditionally right now. That's the phrase. I accept mm-hmm. myself unconditionally right now. Um, like the army. Is that what the army does? No, no. Just like that regularity of like telling yourself like something over and over again. Well, yeah, it's conditioning. And yeah. I believe the army does use it. You're, you're going to be – that's what the marching and the chanting yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that sort Absolutely. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can do that to yourself. Your brain is like a supercomputer on one hand and also there's like a yokel up there that's just like <laughs> – and you can bribe him with sweet toffee. Yeah. And he's just like <laughs> – and you can tell him. So like you get to the point where you, it's instinctive. You see yourself in the mirror uh-huh. and you think love t- towards yourself. Now, that's what I'm talking about when you're talking about images and, and symbols and trying to get to your subconscious because you can't talk to your subconscious right you can say like what stop beating yourself up you need to like get it in yourself that you need to and so you do it yeah and the science of it is objective they study these people oh sure yeah that do it and they say it it improves your respiratory your circulatory it improves Mm -hmm. your vision all that sort of stuff it helps you so it's not it's not uh frou-frou stuff it's it's like legit stuff and i i would say that's one way to get it up there yeah and then also just like what do you what do you allow yourself to fantasize? Well, about? I, I re- like it did it does work because that's kind of what what the what the uh, the AA program does is it's a it's a conditioning program, but it's a conditioning. The whole point is to give you self esteem because addicts don't have any self esteem. They mm-hmm. don't think they're worth anything, and yeah. that's why they're able to do the horrible things that they do, do because they don't feel like they deserve anything better. Yeah, and it's to t- teach you that you are worth not throwing away. Right, that's like the whole point. Yeah, and uh, I did. In that way, that's why when people say it saved my life, I feel like that's if maybe even if they don't understand it on that level, like that is what how it saved their life. It made them think that it was worth it. Yeah, you know, and and we can do that uh, with a program, and we can do ourselves. Yeah, and it is, and it is like when you're you look like you exercise. I'm going to keep hitting on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But you know, when you're exercising, what what are the types of thoughts you're having? Yeah, if you if you have thoughts like this is my year, does it make it your year? Does it does it change the outside world? I don't yeah. think so, but I think it might make you more why is available. Why so funny to us though? Why why are we so like? That's hilarious to me to look what? in the mirror and be like, this is my "You're year. a fucking star. You're the big like." I'm like, I hate well, that guy. That's grotesque. Uh, you got to get over it. I <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I would say. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's gross. It yeah. also works. Here's here's a story. I woke up and when I did Greg Fitzsimmons' uh, podcast, mm-hmm. um, and I was just having that night that I told you about that I just wasn't happy being myself anymore. I'm not yeah. completely over it. It was part of my lower right. energy today. Yeah, yeah. Just not feeling it today. <laughs> you know what uh, cracks me up what? to think about the the relativity of pain and like your level of feeling bad about yourself. Yeah. is most people's like I I agree with what you're saying. Is, is you like daily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just so funny. Like yeah. And I don't. I, I, again, it's like I, white people problems. You're emotionally your white people problems. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think a lot and of it great. has I to mean, do. I, I think that's where everybody wants to be. You know. I, I think I think that's true, and that's where I'm trying to be. And it takes a lot of effort and stuff. So here mm-hmm. here's one of the things that happened. So Greg Fitzsimmons, I noticed on his podcast, he mentioned his hour, and then I said, "Oh, I just take my hour," and I just changed the subject to my hour. That's what happened, and that's what I do. You're a guest on his podcast. I know. I agree. There, there's yeah. a, there's a counter argument to be made. Um, but I, as I did it, even I was like, uh, "You got to watch that, Pete. Like, you yeah, should stop. Yeah, yeah. You should stop interrupting." Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Greg's a sweetheart, and he let me do it. He is. Um, now, then, Andy Kindler, totally tongue in cheek, you know, just busting my balls, completely friendly, tweeted, uh, "Oh, it's weird. Greg Fitzsimmons brought up his hour, and then suddenly we were talking about Pete Holmes's uh-huh. hour. Or something. Yeah. Just a joke." 
And then I uh, I read that. Oh, did you know that secretly Andy Kindler is the most hateful man on the planet? Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't that be sad? Funny. Wouldn't yeah. that be sad yeah, if at the bottom yeah. of it all he's like he was a, a monster? He's, such, he's a delight. <laughs> I His know. He's the best guy in the world. He's the best guy in the world. It would just be funny if I he was like, not an angel. But I read that, and even though it was a, a joke, it did make me consider that I was like, oh, I am obnoxious. That's, that's what I thought. I was like, sometimes I can be obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And then right then, in that moment of shame, I was feeling a little bit of appropriate shame. Not a flood of shame, just right. a little bit of like, oh, that's a little embarrassing. That went out to a lot of people, and I, I acted a little bit like a jackass. And I said it immediately. I just go, I accept myself unconditionally right now, even when I'm an interrupting, obnoxious jackass. You know you what I mean? You said that out loud? I said Reading out loud. the tweet or on the podcast? Uh, I just said it out loud. It was like it was like seven this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> nobody, wow. Nobody was listening, and it made me feel better. This is Tony Robbins immediately. No, that's not Tony Robbins. Oh, the, I'm mixing my uh, my. Uh, we're getting a is pretty this a good cocktail. cocktail. Is this a You're cocktail? getting a cocktail right what now. What is this a cocktail of? Uh, I'm getting. Where'd you get that one? That one is from a wonderful documentary called "Hungry for Change," which is about. Uh, yeah, I know. Got, I love the language gotta, of these things. I know, but you gotta get over. I know it. you do. I, I, am, I am already over it, but I can still laugh at it. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. I say I, I want you to to get the benefits from these from these silly things. Sure. I just spent so much of my life. Uh, my brother was a was a big policer of anything cheesy. You know what I mean? You want to do the chicken dance at a, at a wedding. Uh, Go not, fuck yourself. I'm not shitting yeah. on my brother, but if I wanted to do the chicken dance, and I'm mm-hmm. two years younger than him, so I'd be seven and he'd be nine. And seven, the chicken dance looks pretty fun. But my brother would kind of, uh, for better or worse, I love my brother, but it's the role of the older brother sometimes, yeah, yeah. to be like, you idiot. And he's yeah. with his cooler friends, and they're not doing the chicken dance, so I wouldn't do the chicken dance. <laughs> and I spent a lot of my <laughs> life just being like, it's not cool to do the chicken dance. It's not yeah. cool to sing dance karaoke um have fun <laughs> publicly right. yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean and like that's what i had to get over as well and and believe me i'm, I'm right there with you when i'm like this stuff kind of <laughs> sounds uh stupid or whatever so right. I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree uh in fact tony robbins well he does talk about talking to yourself in the mirror how there's something your brain doesn't doesn't differentiate between you and another person really so you can tell yourself like yeah, I, I'm proud of you, or whatever. A good job today, or whatever. Right. And he's like, he addresses it. He goes, "What if someone walked in and saw you doing that? You'd be like, come on, man. That that's you're actually doing a good thing for yourself, and you shouldn't be embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't chicken dance it. Right. People. Well, are, you know, I I I grew up the most formative years. I I would say of my adolescent life in the Northeast of the of the country. Yeah, and that'll do it too. And the Northeast of the country, the entire region. If they saw you. Oh, yeah. Saying nice things about yourself or even eating a salad uh, <laughs> would, would call you so many hilarious variations of faggot. Yep. They'd find new ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just – I grew up in New Jersey near Philly, which is the second most odious place on the planet yeah. next to Boston. Yeah. And I'm uh, every day that I think I'm complaining about Philadelphia, I remember that I didn't grow up in Boston. You think Boston's worse than Philadelphia? Every guy I know from Boston, if he isn't a monster, is a guy that was traumatized by growing up in Boston. With monsters. Yes. Traumatized by yeah. monsters. Yeah. I grew up in the suburbs. It doesn't count. Bill Burr was traumatized yes. by monsters? <laughs> or you think he was a monster? Well, he, 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 no, he, uh, he, he was conflicted, but he's talked about this. <laughs> But Philly, I, I I love talking about Philly, man. It's fun talking about Philly, but Why? it's like just because it's fun to make fun of your own shitty place. Well, you're right. There's something about the Northeast in general that, that I, all this... I say Philly peaked in 1776. <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> My dad would think it's very weird to talk to yourself in the mirror. Yeah, and I do too, a little bit. Well, your I... dad, you know, he fought the Japs in the war. <laughs> 
I assume all our dads did that. He but didn't. our dads are too young to do that. Yeah, he didn't fight in the war. No. The war, I call the it. War. Like I'm, the I'm war. Just the war. Isn't it sad that there's been too many wars now that you can't just say the war? Yeah. Yeah. It used to... I mean, in our lifetime, there was the war. Right. You know? Everyone knew what you meant. Yeah. Now there are wars happening that if we did some Jay Leno jaywalking, people wouldn't... I'd be the perfect person to not know where some wars are happening. Right. Yeah. There's some war happening in a country. I don't... I was just trying to figure out where Honduras is today. Did you know that it's... Uh, South America? South America? <laughs> Is it an island I, off of South America? Katie's laughing. Where is it, Katie? It's it's Where? in North South America. It's at the northern tip of South America. Correct. You can you're allowed to laugh at me not knowing and also geography is my worst yeah, subject. I. Oh, oh above that Nicaragua. is not what I was picturing. <laughs> Got oh, it. That's it. That's in Guatemala, right? Yeah. Um, Don't worry about it. It's between Guatemala and Nicaragua, right? All right. Yeah, these are all these all sound like the words that go together. Why did your mom go? Okay. That's not what I was picturing. I think I was thinking of Brazil. <laughs> I know Brazil. Which is a huge country. That's where Blanca's from. Yes. Yeah. I, I know all the Street Fighter countries. Yes. Where's well, Guile from? He's from the US. Trick question. <laughs> he looks Canadian. I suspect he's Canadian. Ken's also from America. Yes, he is. Rio's from Japan. Mm-hmm. Sagat. Are we going to Thailand? Yeah, we're going to do the whole thing. And Bison, where's he from? Bison? Unknown. Oh. I believe he's from Unknown. Wait, Bison? M. Bison. M. Bison is the boss? Yep, he's the last guy. Oh, right. Yeah, but it looks Russian. Oh, wait, I think it's in Prussia. (laughs) Prussia. (laughs) He's Pangean, right? He's Pangean. Yeah, he's from Earth. Uh, I, I, uh, what was I going to, oh, I want to ask you, because I feel like Either everybody does this or nobody does this. And if nobody does this, it's very exciting. And if everybody does it, I'm going to be very disappointed. But yes. It's fine. Please. Why? What is it about what you perceive of me that made you take this long to ask me on your show? Do you think that I'm boring? No. What is it? I don't know. Because then I think, oh, I am boring. Because... When I look at my act, I'm like, I'm not really like ruffling feathers. I'm being honest. I uh, I was excited and I'm very glad that you did the show. was excited because immediately, if you want to know how I thought about it, it would go, oh, Julian is sober and he'll tell me the story. Of him. Oh, yeah. And I knew we, we would have one thing at least. I had no notes or anything. Yeah. And I knew you were funny. And I knew we had a couple anecdotes going around. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, that'll be great. Why don't I think of you more often? Is, yeah. Is, is, it's is, the real question. But that's, question. I think, every comedian's question about everybody. And it's troubling. Joe Mandy lives in your old apartment. Yes. So that's – I could hit it with a tennis ball from right. my house. Yeah. Never hang out with Joe Mandy. Why don't I think of my friend Joe Mandy? That makes often? me feel so much better that you don't hang out with Joe Mandy. Never. Because we never hung out. And I if you were like – I was just talking about Joe Mandy with this the other day at his apartment. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'd be like – I'd knock the mic over and leave. You know what I do? I wake up in the middle of the night and add things to my calendar. Today, Patrick Walsh, who did the, the famous chicken – Man, he is funny on Twitter. He's so great. Oof. I woke up and I was like, I, again, it was like one in the morning. I was like, I haven't seen Patty in a while. Put in my calendar, Patty? Question mark. Ah. Why did he come up? It's it's like a bit, you know. What yeah, I mean? Like yeah, I have yeah. to write down people. Somebody asked me the other day who my friends were. Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea was like, who are your friends? Oh yeah. And, she- and I go, I had to look on my iPhone on the <laughs> on the favorites on your on your iTelephone five uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I right. loved her for being like, that's not funny. You need uh, to examine yourself. She's so wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's so wrong. That's that bulletproof peak confidence. It's, yeah. Not today. It doesn't matter if she's wrong because you don't agree. I would. And doubt. now your life will be better. Right. 
I, I that's, it doesn't matter. There's a but then there's that fine line of like you don't want to be like you know certain people that don't hear the criticism. Of course not. You got to get to a place like comedy being an invitation to laugh at what I find funny already. Yeah, being like let's take the burden of whether. But like when I'm doing new stuff, I'm like I don't know if this is funny. I right. think this might be funny. Mm-hmm. Then you do it enough, and you're like now these, this is just a playground, and I'm playing. And isn't it cool that I'm on the swings now? Yeah, the swings are fun. These mm-hmm. people don't like the swings as much as last night. <laughs> Maybe I'll go on the slide. Yeah. So I don't know. Why did your mom leave? <laughs> uh, why did she leave? She left. Uh, oh, she she gave a reason at the time. I think she. Um, I I don't mean to be callous by just asking. You I think she got a little way. tired of. I think there was two main reasons, and and they were that, you know, she grew up worse in terms of instability than I did. Mm-hmm. She did a better job of giving me stability, believe it or not, than mm-hmm. she had. Mm-hmm. So I think it was deeply ingrained in her to to wander and to be restless and to always move and look for maybe the next best thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, she actually got tired of it herself and doing it with my dad. I think she fell in love intensely. My parents had a very, very intense, like crazy love affair. And... Um, she didn't look at the 50 year plan and she just so once she realized oh my dad's not budging in terms of like he's never gonna get a career and make a lot of money or you know do any of that shit it's always gonna be you know scrounging for rent and you know working hard instead of smart and all that kind of stuff even though he's incredibly smart Mm -hmm. um i think she just got a little tired of that lifestyle and then I also think it was a little just uh, run-of-the-mill midlife crisis. She was like 45 or something. Hmm. And then I think it was also uh, she had a lot of self-esteem issues. And um, she told me when she was leaving, I feel like you'll be better off if I'm not around. But it, that's kind of a cop-out. We all know that. Yeah. And then she went and uh, had to do it. And I remember um, we were uh, on – she took this is in the i i just remembered i did this in the this american life thing so i don't want to like repeat myself but basically she told me she goes what do you she put it on me she's like what do you think if i leave and i was i remember immediately being like oh you should i remember thinking if you tell her to stay she's just gonna stay for you and then she's gonna hate you Mm -hmm. so i just told i was 13 and i was like oh you gotta go you gotta do you girl you know Mm -hmm. and um and then she left and then you know that we didn't talk much. We tried to stay in touch for a long time, and, and I, towards the you know towards the end of her, what I realized her life was becoming, I got too furious at her, and I just didn't talk to her for like most of my twenties. And right. then um, uh, she finally kind of figured it out towards the end of her life. She like uh, really got into Sufism, and like you know she found her version of she found her spirituality. What's Sufism? It's uh is that the Dane Cook religion? <laughs> that is probably the most insulting thing you could have said. Uh it's, no, he does the Sufi. I know he does. He Sufism. It's uh <laughs> it's a it's a spin-off. It's a mystical spin-off of Islam. Okay. And um like Rainer Maria Wilkie, have you heard of that Mm-mm. poet? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh he, he, anyway, he uh it's it's it's, it's just a an offshoot of Islam, I guess we could say. and um, But more New Agey. Yes. 
you pray, you do the praying, the three time a day pray? No, I don't think it was like that. It's much more like, I, you know, I don't know enough. About, I feel uncomfortable talking about it because I respect it and I sure. don't know enough about it. Okay. So I just, I don't know how to describe it. But uh, it really did a lot for her. And then she passed away of pancreatic cancer recently and she never flinched. Like she believed in that stuff. She found like her own, she, she found her a peace with herself like before she got sick. Mm. And it was real because when she got sick, it stuck. And like when she died, she never got overly angry or like scared or, you know, she was like, she just like met it and she was young, you know, mm. and she, she like really had the fucking, cause you know, that's the thing with new agey shit. Nobody, be- the reason people say new agey shit is because nobody believes that the people are really doing it and sufism is not new agey i don't think it's like a thousand years old but it um you could put it in that realm of like you know spirituality and, I understand. and so she i was really proud of her like our redemption as a as a mother son thing happened because she finally did find what she had been looking for and proved it by dying with that amount of like nobility and honor you know and i got to see that and that was the biggest gift she could have given me was like not letting not making me feel shitty while she was dying Mm. she let me feel okay with her leaving permanently and like i'm much more grateful for that than angry that she left the first time Mm. so i'm like really grateful for that and and the interesting story that i haven't covered yet in anywhere (laughs) is uh, my mom and dad hadn't spoken or really interacted for like 20 years. And when she got sick, my dad moved in with her and took care of her until she died. Really? Yeah. Where was boyfriend or new guy? She didn't have one at the time. Oh, wow. So they moved back in together? Yeah. And he just like nursed her like hospice. Whoa. Yeah. That's And I tried to do, I tried to do a story for This American Life. They were like, of course we want that. And I couldn't. It was hap- I couldn't do it while it was happening. It was too hard for me to, to deal with, you know. Were they? But I have on record. I felt intrusive at the time, but I'm so glad I did it. Um, and this is all my, you know, I, I owe this to my wife. She gave me the courage. I I recorded them meeting again for the first time, like this. The audio, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Hmm. It's really cool. I've so secretly I have taped that. my parents too. That's great. You what? I've secretly taped my parents as well. Oh, have you? Yeah. Like, oh no, they knew I was taping. Them. Oh, they knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's that's why it felt intrusive. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. So that was that's what a was that cool like? Story. I mean, immediately love and gush and happy. And... They were really happy to see each other. Really? Yeah. And then some old stuff came up anyway. You know, even though it was like it was kind of cute, like how they would still kind of argue and nitpick a little bit. But my dad has uh, the stoic he's a he's a stoic mm-hmm. he can deal with like i said any kind of any amount of like darkness or pain that's like his it's he's that's his thing yeah. yeah and so like he was just incredibly patient and and he serviced any need she had and everything like that and she was like getting annoyed with him and you know hmm. it was funny she would have left him again <laughs> uh, did she say anything like that <laughs> no no she, this she adored him she adored him for doing it and she always adored him oh the other thing that you know, she she claimed that because my dad smokes a lot of weed, and she said that was like a an obstacle to their relationship. She never felt like totally close to him, and uh, up until very recently, I always thought you know everybody makes jokes about weed not being a drug or being you know, but it does cloud you and make you a different person, whether or not potheads want to admit it. Mm. It you know they're hiding, and so um, they don't. Not all of them. I don't want to say all of them. I understand, but 
some people can use it as a as an emotional crutch and she felt like she didn't connect with my dad after a while because he was smoking weed all the time it can make but me- my dad smokes weed like a rasta like it's like his that's like his that's his deal man like that's the last thing he's ever gonna give up yeah packages yeah each day mm-hmm. two pack <laughs> what kind of, what was the care like i mean is is he is he's he, not like certified no he's just like well, no i mean like what did she need done like was it serious hands-on 24 7 sort of uh, stuff yeah you gotta watch her i mean i don't know they spent a lot of time together yeah yeah like all of it because yeah. you can't leave yeah because she might fall or something mm-hmm. she's weak you know pancreatic cancer means you your stomach swell uh closes the tube so your body can't take in food and so you just lose weight rapidly hmm. and then eventually usually your liver fails is how it ends up happening but she was very thin and could could barely walk around and stuff and he would you know and that and that was the gift you're talking about because that that's that's ministering to me as well as to see somebody passing it's like tuesdays with maury dying and not being afraid right. to die being okay with all that yeah so you got to see that were you there? well the thing i was most angry about when my mom left was that i didn't care i honestly felt okay with it when you're 13 or 14 a lot of other cultures ancient cultures or even recent cultures separate the boy from the mother at like nine through 12 years old because that's when you need to become a man and, and a mom's urge is to baby you during those years hmm. and a lot of cultures say you can't become a man if you have a woman around you during the time you're supposed to become a man that explains it uh, so, <laughs> so when she left at 13 i mean it was like a, a big part of me felt okay with it hmm. you know and it felt weird saying that and i never said i never admitted it to people but hmm. like i would be like yeah i'm really upset <laughs> you know hmm. but i was okay with it because i feel like it's almost a natural break but I also felt felt like she should, I wanted her to go and do something with it. If you're going to go and leave a family, you better fucking do something that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And I would go visit her, and she was fucking sp- spinning out of control. She was drinking. She never drank. She was dating these fucking bikers. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'd go down there, and then that's when I got furious. I'm like, you left my dad for this? Yeah. Like, that's what I was mad about. Right. So the fact that at the end, she pulled it all together and found, like, you know what she had been looking for that's what made me feel okay that's great yeah and were you there when she died i mean it sounded like no i was uh headlining foxwoods comedy club and casino <laughs> i was there a lot i drove up i you know i think a lot of the reason i i believe in sh- i'm corny i believe in the universe and shit like that and mm-hmm. i think like the real reason i came out here was because my mom lived driving distance from here for the <laughs> last part of her life and i would go up there every weekend like it was a seven hour drive but i could do it you know so you believe that that was kind of a, a type of providence that- i'm not surprised that it happened that way yeah i'll put it that way i don't know i don't you know i'm not gonna say everything happens for a reason but like i you know i believe in that kind of connectivity when it happened it's easy to look at it and die yeah. you can diagnose it in right. that manner sure so i would go up there so i spent a ton of time with her towards the end but i wasn't there when she actually died Weird question. And at first I felt guilty about it oh, because good. I knew she my, – my dad called me and he was like, I think this is it. Like if you want to come home. And I was like, I don't know. And he was – I – it's really hard because you're like, I'm fucking headlining. No offense because I'm doing Foxwood soon. Mm-hmm. But like it doesn't matter what club it is. You're like, I'm fucking doing – it's just another day of work. Like what the why, – right. why am I so reluctant to leave? I go, I don't want to break this contract or something. You know? Right. But the truth is your body – your your brain doesn't want to tell you. You don't want to go there. Right. 
And and I felt really bad about that and like a bad person. But now, and it hasn't been that long, but I I already forgive myself and already say, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that I didn't want to see it. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't go. And I my my dad and sister were there, and it was terrifying. It was terrible. But I'm not I'm not going to talk about the details. But like it was, I'm glad I missed it. Hmm. And I feel like I'm allowed to take that one because because she, that's what she probably would have wanted. Right. If I didn't want to go, then she wouldn't be like, well, I want you here. Like, that's not the way our family ever has been. Right. Our family's like, do you, which is a problem and also a help sometimes. Right. Our family's very like, do what you need to do. And it's like, you know, that's, I think that's why we moved around so much because they would just do what they needed to do and they didn't like fucking care about like the bigger issues sometimes. Yeah. Do you gets, it's easy when you're just a single guy doing you. Right. But a family is a different thing. Yeah, that was once you get a family. And it's hard to run a family with that. And also, you run into problems when do you. And like, but what I want to do is, you know, fuck children or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, me, me and Chris Sayer always do a bit about, it's Russell Simmons, right? That's his book is Do You. It's like, do you. <laughs> Unless you want to do some fucked up shit, <laughs> yeah, then, right, don't right, do right, right, then don't, don't do, it. do you. Yeah. Do the opposite funny. of you. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's, that's, that's some powerful stuff. Yeah. And now... Here you are having your. You, when did your mom pass? Uh, she passed in. Um, wow, this is like weird to think about because it's not something I. You don't work about. that way. Uh, no, I don't really work that way with dates and stuff like either. that. I don't either. People but it was ask. within the year. Okay, and now you're bringing life in. Mm-hmm. My weird question for you was how how spiritual are you? Are you talking to your mom still? I, I feel spiritual in a way where I'm like not practicing anything in particular. But feel like this. I don't even know if it sounds like egotistical. I feel like um, it's it's really strong with me, mm-hmm. even though I don't do anything about it. I just I don't feel like I have to do anything about it. I just feel it so strongly. I'm like a very like I just believe in all that bullshit so much that uh, like I don't have to think about it or work at it. But you feel like it's going through you. Yeah, You're- and I don't believe in a in a like a, a intelligent force or anything like that lifeguard god no uh do you talk to your mom yeah i do so it's here and there a little bit of that yeah a little bit of an afterlife shower a lot in the shower yeah i do like all of my thinking in the shower because that's that's usually when i do it beginning of the day shower whenever i just love the shower i don't know i love showering yeah shower's great it's alone time it is massage by water uh so you, you're open to the idea of something more than than this world or whatever. Oh sure. Well, yeah, yeah. What do you mean by that? I mean, if you're talking to your mom, your mom's not on this wor- in this world anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. More than this obvious thing where I can touch you. Yeah. 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 I obviously. Uh, I don't know. Well, even if I'm just talking to like that, her cells, my cells came from her cells. Mm-hmm. She's still physically me. You mean you're a part she of She still exists in my physical body. In your existence. Yeah. Right. So I believe in that kind of connection. Not necessarily your conscious mother being in another dimension right no. now? No. Oh, do I think she can hear me? No. Shit like that? I don't really believe in that. No. But I believe that, like, there's, without the, 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 uh, I don't want to put intelligence or, like, shit on it, but, like, I feel like when I talk to my mom with my thoughts i don't think oh she can hear me right now but mm-hmm. i do think that there's a some s- sort of beacon being sent and i feel like it's it re- it's reverberating somewhere i don't know it's this shit's so hard to explain i get it yeah no it but is. it's like 
it's almost like okay, my right arm was was made by my mom and her body, right? So when I talk to my mom, in a way, all the cells in my right arm are alive and they can hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I also believe that everything is one because it is one, if you ever was, you know, this Degrassi Tyson, what's his name? Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson, deGrasse Tyson. He said, you know, we're all star matter and, you know, we're all made of the same shit. So we are all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, well, that, that's a mu- I believe in that shit. Like, I believe that you're you're the same as that tree and all that shit. That's a mushroom thought. And that's it a, is. And that's a Buddhist. Thought I fucking love well. mushroom thoughts. They're the best. Yeah. And I find mushroom thoughts to be pretty true. Yeah. But Buddha also said something pretty similar about uh, us all being the same thing. Yeah. We're all the same thing. Going through this. I don't thing. even know why that's that's like. So, but that's what I love about his speech that Neil deGrasse because he said like basically stars exploded way over the fuck there and then they came here and made us and it's like all the same matter we are the same chemical compounds that are in the stars that are so far away we can't even see them while they're still alive right Mm -hmm. we're the same shit so it's not like the buddha was saying like like we're all one man we are all one. Like we, like it's it's scientifically right. proven that right, we're all right. the same shit. But he, I think we're talking about a consciousness too, a, a link between our consciousnesses. Do you think the Buddha thought that? I that's think, what he's saying that there was a consciousness. I guess so. I think I, I I'm know. not an expert. I don't know how to talk about that shit. I'm not without expert. sounding like an asshole. But you don't, you're not uh, you're not living in fear of death, heaven, hell, judgment. No, I you know I'm I'm, I'm like kind of shocked. Now listen, if a guy walked in here with a gun right now, would okay. I fe- be afraid? Yes. Sure. But do I feel like? I'm afraid to die. No, hmm. I'm not afraid to die. How? What are you going to tell your uh, child about God stuff? That's where the rubber really meets. The well, rubber. that's what uh, I think. It's interesting. It's true. What's your wife believe? She doesn't. Atheist. Yes. Uh, so is your son? Do we know the gender? No, we don't know the gender. We will know in a month. Will boy girl? Uh, would you be okay with boy girl being an atheist? Uh. Religion and finances, biggest cause of stress. Uh, I know. In a no, would I be okay with it? I think I would. I would. It's not about a matter of being okay with it. I think my feeling would would be more akin to uh, awe. <laughs> I, f- I would feel badly because oh, uh, because I feel like it just seems so cold and lonely that way. Hmm. The existentialism is very gross. <laughs> <laughs> you prefer prefer the warmth of the spiritual. Yeah, uh, but I also don't believe in like Jesus and you know salvation. I don't believe in that shit either. Right. But I just I'm like, how can you not feel like we're connected to something? Right. It's just sad. But that's my whole thing with connection. It's like the most important thing to me. So if I felt like my kid grew up thinking he wasn't connected to something bigger, I would feel very sad mm-hmm. for him. Interesting. You know, I was talking to TJ, who's an atheist, and uh, I was really happy with this thought. We we were ta- we weren't debating we were just discussing mm-hmm. and i was talking about how i just feel like i'm more of a spiritual person that's just how it is we talk about the genetic set point of optimism yeah. and it might be related i have a, a feeling that life itself is proof of something more just the fact that it exists at all absolutely I'm like this is absurd that's There's it probably other things like this and then <laughs> and then i said to him i was like what if we're the afterlife of somebody else like what if we're already dead basically oh uh, the matrix argument is that the matrix just argument? other worlds and shit 
I just thought it was interesting universes. to think that like world maybe maybe this is the only world where you you're born and you're aware that you're going to die, uh-huh. and we're being maybe that's some sort of punishment, or maybe this is some sort of heaven for somebody. So oh, somebody that's interesting. In that, another that knowing we're going to die is the punishment. Yeah, you like we were all immortal. So skirting the punishment is is being okay with it. Yeah, maybe interesting. It's like it's like it's like being in detention and treating it like it's an opportunity to learn like you're like you're in school <laughs> yeah. rather than just being like sullen and pissed off that you're oh, in detention. I, I have a quiet room I can read for an hour. Yeah, this is fantastic. And then you win. Yeah. I you just you beat detention. That's great. Yeah. I can't believe you you and I are the same age and you're going to have a baby. I know. It's wild. I can't believe well you realize the rest of the country has been doing this for a decade. Yes. It would be our third It's kid. it's the narcissists on the coast that are yeah. that are keeping it you know, keep uh, no dependence. TV getting made, no movies getting made, and uh, I can't believe I'm just like fewer children. I am in a position where um, I'm having that. I'm excited to have a baby. That's great. You know what I mean? I never thought I would be excited to have a baby. When did you get married? Uh, October thirteenth, two thousand and twelve. So a few months ago. Okay. Yeah. And how far along is she? She is uh, uh, thirteen weeks, fourteen weeks. So it happened right away. We we got pregnant on our honeymoon in Italy. Uh, I'm a baby. A mere, a mere blocks. <laughs> we're naming him Espresso Dopio. Uh, he we we conceived a few blocks, and on the same day thereabouts as Kim and Kanye. Wow, swapped at birth. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, crazy. Yeah, all right. So that's I mean that doesn't it means nothing. It means something. I guess it doesn't really. Mean <laughs> I guess it doesn't really mean anything. Um, Hopefully, it means nothing. What is uh? What does your wife do? I forget. She was a producer on This American Life for nine years, and now she. Oh, so that's how you got it. Uh, I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but it, the it's it, it's how I got my foot in the door. But Ira still has to sign off. Sure, of course. Um, that is not what I was really. Thinking. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> oh God. Um, I'm an excellent storyteller, <laughs> but uh. She and now she uh, is co-editor of the Hairpin with Edith Zimmerman, which is a, a very um, popular woman's website blog. Okay. Cool, that's very hip. How did you meet? Um, she uh, oh Sean Bono Bonner, <laughs> Sean O'Connor matched us up. How's he, that work? He had done. She had done a story on Sean when he was performing I at heard kids that camps. Story. Yeah, and he hadn't seen her in a couple of years. And then he saw her at Big Terrific in New York, and he was like, "Hey, do you know you should." Uh, he looked at her and he was like, that's what Julian wants and should have. That's a real ah. woman with brains and she's pretty and yeah. he should stop fucking around with everything else. Yeah. And, uh, man, I was fucking men at the time. <laughs> and, um, dumb men. Just Sean. dumb, ugly men. Sean O'Connor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had been fucking Sean O'Connor and he had had enough. I've uh, never been on a roast with you and Sean where 90% of the jokes, jokes weren't about our sexual how you guys relationship. Were fucking. Um, which I feel like we would be one of those gay couples where there was no anal. It would yeah. just be, you know, a lot Which of oral, a lot, a lot of, of, lot of hand, a lot of handies. It's a lot of them. So, uh, Sean looks very soft. I'd like to just kind of rub against Yeah, he's him. more of a, he's more of a cuddler. Yeah. I'd, I'd enjoy a gay cuddle. Unfortunately, he, <laughs> the most, he's the most inviting body <coughs> ever, and he has the biggest issues with touching. Yeah, no, he's, he's not so a good toucher. He's so uncomfortable He's not it. a good toucher. Yeah. Not but, a um, hugger. Yeah, so he called me and I was in my bed and he was like, "Hey, you should meet this girl Jane." And I was like, "I'm not getting out of bed to come." He's, I'm not saying that you should. Ha. <laughs> Chill, uh, and you'll meet her eventually. So then I just I sent her a Facebook message because this was in 2000, you know, nine or whatever when when people still did that. You groomed her on her page first. 
Uh, yeah, I looked at her profile pic and I was like, I'll marry her now. Really? Oh yeah, she was. Uh, she had a smoking hot pick on there. <laughs> Very smoking hot pick. Smoking hot picks. So, and plus, you know, she had like she was like self. She was like independent. And, yeah. You know, how old were you when you met? Thirty-one. And is she also? Do you mind? Uh, how old is she? She's my age. She's your age. Yeah. So okay. So here's a foxy, smart, hot broad. Yeah. That got married late. I, our that's first not in date, show business. I had, and she knows about this, and it's still a sore subject. Although I don't agree that it should be because we're married and having a baby. But um, she still doesn't like that I was like a serial dater, you know, for a long time. And I was, I was seeing people that I didn't, that I certainly didn't consider relationships. I mean, I was just like dating at the time. And after our first date, I had to make a couple of very awkward phone calls to people. Because I oh. knew she was going to be my girlfriend, and I didn't want to. Yeah. So I never even kissed another person after we met. But she yeah, doesn't do believe some me. Redundancies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lay off some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To call them into your office. That's really interesting. I, you know, what's funny is I bet that's one of those things that you want to pat on the back, but you can never. Oh, you dude, can never have ask the, her I for. The, I, have the, I shouldn't even talk. I, she's still mad about this, so do I shouldn't it. even talk about Just it. Do but. It. <laughs> It's it's a story about how dumb I am about women. There you go. Uh, so basically, uh, there was a girl at the cellar that was like a um, she was a, a fan. She would just come and hang out, and she was she was a expat. She was from Sweden, and you know she would she just loved comedy, and she would come watch it. And she she never dated any of the comedians, and she was just she was like a, a regular person. She wasn't like a gross person. She had a nine to five and all that. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? Because yeah, comedy, I comedy it, I is surrounded it. by weirdos, and you know yeah, and she yeah, wasn't yeah. a weirdo. She was a normal person, mm-hmm. and I never really got to know her that well. But she, we were friendly, and uh, and she, you know, and then eventually she moved back to Sweden. Okay, mm-hmm. but she was friendly with a lot of the comics at the cellar. And one day she's like, "Hey, uh, do you want to?" There's a club in my town in sweden you should come to the club you can stay with me and it was a romantic invitation you know mm-hmm. and i was like i've never done anything that, that like adventurous or and like, you had never flown done anything? anywhere huh you had never done anything? we'd never kissed or She's even like i didn't first, even have her phone number our first kiss should be in iceland or <laughs> sweden, <laughs> or sweden, or sweden whatever yeah same thing so i was like my first five thoughts were no 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 and no for like f- all these fear reasons and then i was like you never do shit like this just do it just yes. fucking do it you don't yes. know what's gonna happen yes so I booked the plane, and at the time I wasn't, you know, I wasn't seeing this. anybody. So I booked a flight and everything, right? <laughs> the, six months ahead of time, or something like that, and then we didn't talk. Yes, you know. In the meantime, we just didn't really talk. <laughs> so it was going to be really weird, and I knew it was going to be weird, and I was like prepared to get there and on the first day be like, "Oh, this is a terrible disaster," and leave, or I was prepared to have it be fun. Yes. So, so you booked yourself at the club. I was still working on that at the time. Oh, okay, you booked the ticket first. I booked the ticket. Because in the end, if I didn't do the club, I didn't do the club. I was going on to Sweden for a week. Like, people yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'd never taken a vacation in my life. <laughs> I'm like, you're not doing spots? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm supposed to go on that trip the week after I meet Jane, mm-hmm. is my wife. Oh. And I cancel it, mm-hmm. obviously. As uh-huh. soon as I meet Jane, I cancel the trip. That's one of the boxes you can check on Air Air Sweden. Met girl. I yeah, like. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and so, because I was like, look, I mean, you know, one date. What, what, you know, I could because you know, part of the devil on your shoulders. Like, it's one date. You can go if, and you know, still have your trip or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but I was like, you know, I I, I don't want to live that way anymore, and I don't want to have to like lie about it later or have this weird thing. So I was just like, you know what, clean, completely clean. I want this to be. 
as pure as possible with this new girl, whatever it ends up being. So I canceled the trip, and then I wanted credit for it. Of course you did. And I told her about it. Of course you did. And it was the worst fucking decision I ever made. Julian? That was the dumbest fucking thing. It's the most human thing you've ever done in oh, your life. Oh, God. Can I? Can Why I... did I think she would be like, you're amazing for canceling your fuck trip to Sweden? There's never been a more male idea than what you just said, which is why I understand it. I've cleaned house. I've only done it once. One time I was seeing more than one person, mm-hmm. and then I met somebody that I was like, this might be uh, But something. I wasn't even seeing this person. What do you mean? You see what I mean? What? The person that I canceled the trip. Oh, oh you mean... Oh, she... I understand. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even like I was cleaning... You just had a fuck trip. That makes it even more noble. That's what I think. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Barnes and Noble over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Uh, but uh, it's one of those things, and then, you know, I've, uh, you, you get uh, opportunities, or you, the girls want to hang out, or whatever it is mm-hmm. they want to go out, and you're like, I can't, I just started, and you have to break up with them, or whatever, and you, I, I completely relate to the idea of you wanting to be like, you should, you know what Jay Larson told me one time? What did he say? He told me, he says to his wife, he and uh, Kate have the really cool relationship, yeah. and in their I fights- I want to meet his wife, I love Jay Larson. Uh, she's great. In their fights, he told me, and I, I didn't push him, but I really wanted to know what he meant by this. He says that he'll say, you know what, I'm giving up for you? Nah. He'll, he'll say stuff like that. Yeah. And and it's kind of well, healthy. Well, it, it works also because it's Jay. I know. He's not giving up anybody. Ooh, <laughs> that's that's us being ooh, comics. Ooh, that's very, very funny. No, he's a, I, a delightful man. He so how, get whoever how, he wants. Did, how did you bring it up? Oh, Jesus Did you take Christ. her to a Swedish restaurant and you're like, you know, <laughs> speaking of Sweden, uh, I, I think speaking of a single tear, there's a way it could have gone down where you go. I don't remember how I brought there it up. There was this beautiful but I just woman. Br- I probably just brought it up. I wish I had video. I probably this. thought, oh, man, I'm going to score. This is better than flowers. Yeah. And you know what, Julian? It is. It's a fucking gift and a treasure, and you do deserve credit. Well. And you did something good. You gave up uh, an experience that old men think about in rocking chairs as they're passing away. <laughs> you gave but that listen, up for a girl you just started dating. Because I knew she was the one. And to quote Willie Loman's wife, attention must be paid. Yeah. But now- But I don't think it's necessarily appropriate. I understand her side It's not things. appropriate to tell her. I and agree. And also, what's funny is, if you put any girl in this chair right now, she would list off the reasons why. I get it. You know what I mean? There I don't are th- many don't... legitimate reasons why you don't f- say All that. you have to do is put it on the other foot and say if she was like, you know, I met this hot guy from Barcelona and yeah. I was going to go fuck him. You'd be like, why the what fuck kind would of you tell me that? are you? Yeah, who yeah. are you? All that shit. What, what kind of pressure is that You're to put gross. on me? Now I think you do that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. To, to which I would say you needed to own it and be like, I don't normally do that. It's kind of crazy. I just want you to know. Well, I you know, it. I said all that thing stuff, and it's you know, it's, it's just it was a misstep. You know, There's a, men are from Mars, so women are from Venus. I know, and on Mars, that's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like so. I have no idea how she'll take hearing this. I think she'll either she get will angry not... all over again, or she she will be like, "Yeah, you're an asshole." No, now everybody knows. It. What time code are we at? Two ten. She won't make it this far. <laughs> I feel like we did it, man. She feel, loves me, so I feel think she good? might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually feel really good about it. I we feel great about I, it. You know, we didn't even uh, do you want to talk do... about my professional life, which I'm happy about. Yeah, speed round. Yeah, speed the round. Stuff I've written down. Stand up in New York is where we met. Metallica. You don't like him anymore. Myth. You love myth. Yes, myth is great. Myth speaks to truth. Uh, I think you should read um, Iron John, a book by Robert Bly. Okay, why? He's a poet. It's it's all the mythology uh, that every culture has ever done, and 
all the myths that have in common, and it's all about the male threshold into manhood and and the lessons that we've lost as a modern society about becoming a man and why every other joke in stand-up you hear is, oh, I'm not an adult, or it's weird, I'm like an adult now, or yeah. like, oh, I'm a man, I'm not a man, like yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Where is that coming from? Yeah. He talks about all that in myth and how it's thousands of years old. You know what I just heard? Hmm. Uh, I just watched this uh, documentary about uh, the Buddha, which is why he's coming up a little bit on the show. Uh-huh. When Buddha uh, was under the, the Bodhi tree, Bodhi just means yes. knowledge, don't worry about it. I know. I uh, read Siddhartha twice. Uh, okay. Is that the one that I'm supposed to read? It's awesome. Okay. So he's under the tree, and, and then uh, he's tempted by the demons, uh, just like Christ was tempted in the wilderness, basically. Sure. And uh, he says, who, who, uh, by whose authority do you have to even wake up? And Buddha touches the earth, and there's an earthquake. He says, the earth is my witness. And then the earth says... This is basically, I'm paraphrasing, but this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Almost the exact same thing that God says when Christ is baptized, mm-hmm. when he meets John the Baptist. Uh, the, the parallels. Oh, the parallels are, it's, it's incredible. And to me, it's invigorating. Some people would be it's like, well, phenomenal. That, well, that compromises my faith and that makes me question uh, things. I'm like, those people are idiots. Fucking jump in the myth pool and swim around. You're going to oh, find man. a lot of similar, Yeah, you're going to find a lot of shit you don't want to hear. Similar fish. <laughs> or maybe just fun similar fish. Yeah. No, well, I mean, to, to the person that's, like, narrow-minded and wants to be, like, mine's right. Right. The last thing they want to hear is, oh, everybody else says the same thing. And Buddha, that because was 500 it's, years it's before so true. Christ. It's yeah. really interesting. I know. Uh, King War, Fatty Crab. Oh, what did you want to say about Mulaney? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just that uh, he's, like, a fucking Kennedy. And in... Yeah. in, in uh, when, we're, when we're 50... Yeah. He'll be like the one that is like everyone's gonna be like you just you hung out with him yeah you know I he's gonna he's gonna be the Seinfeld or the he, he's better than Seinfeld I think he's better than Seinfeld but he's gonna be like huge on the, on a level that like we and it's and it like from the first day I saw him at the cellar yeah and I was that guy that was like oh, I'm just gonna come in and kill wherever I want and I'm drunk and fuck it and whatever yes. and watching Mulaney craft his yeah. jokes in a way that I was like. Yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah, like yeah, it yeah, was yeah. devastating. Yeah, and every day that he's alive, I'm devastated. Is and it? I love him to death. That'll that'll get you working. I love him to death. Why watch Mulaney do a set? Uh, it makes me go back and reconsider. Uh, and it's a great thing to say. We were at Tiger Lily, and he goes, he goes, uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. He goes, how you feeling? I go, ah, I'm alright. I haven't really been able to write new stuff. He's like, tell me about it. I got nothing. And then he goes on stage and does five perfect minutes of like stuff I'd never heard. And I was yeah. like, don't fuck yourself, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And uh, and then he laughed afterwards. He was like, well, I mean, that's three months of work. Uh, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, Mulaney, you'll He's bury the... us all. He will. Uh, well, thanks, man. This was a pleasure. No problem. I was in, I was in a slump, and I and I feel like you pulled me out of it. Oh, I really thanks. appreciate that. Thanks. Lovely to see you. Yeah, you too. I'll see you at your house. <laughs> oh, you do have to come over at some point. I, I mean, would we, lo- we have parties. We have a, I, we have a house house with like a. Oh yeah, you came up on an episode recently where Joe Mandy texted me. He said, "Are you going to Julian's Christmas party?" And I said, "I didn't know about it." And then he just wrote back, "Frowny face." Oh, and I was like, "I would have loved you to be." there. I know. I was, and that was the discussion on the podcast. I was like, "There's see, that's that's my default." Is I it goes back to the optimism thing. Yeah, my default was when you invite people to a party, you just forget some people. Right, and some people default to Julian hates me. Right, 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 right. So right. I benefited there. Cool. So I'll see you. I'm glad home. you're healthy. Congratulations on the baby. Thank you very much. And the marriage. Um, oh, you have to say keep it. Do you have a baby? Uh, I do. Yeah. Do they? Do they always do that? Yeah. Chelsea didn't say it. Oh That's God, why. it's so it's so uncomfortable to say. It's so weird. On like on demand. Do you want me to say it? Keep it. <laughs> Do it, Chris. Me. <laughs>
<laughs> I had the benefit of looking at the reluctance in your yeah. face as you did it. Do you have a baby name for me? Uh, are you going with McCullough? <laughs> I'm not talking about a surname. Yes, no, I McCullough. Know. It's going to be McCullough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. McCullough. Combine it with McCullough. Shane? Shane. <laughs> yeah. Win. Great. Boy or girl? Shane. Both. I love boy names on girls. Shane, a girl? That's a hot girl. Andy, a girl? Ooh. McDowell. Andy McCullough. Mm. Jillian. Make a con- no! <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com. Thank <laughs> you.